This is Nerd Talk Lips. This week's episode of Nerd Talkalypse, where nerd enthusiasts such as us come together with a common goal to geek out and preach nerdism in yesterday's and today's nerd culture. Featuring your hosts, Lane Stein and DJ Ben Hollow. Enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Nerd Talk Lips. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC, specializing in the CWs, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Pokemon, The Walking Dead, Dragon Ball Z, and everything in between. That's right, folks. And here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from fandoms you love. Reach out to us via email, nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash Nerdtalkalypse, Twitter at Nerdtalkalypse, or simply write up a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear some listener feedback. What's up, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for episode 28 of Nerdtalkalypse, and sorry about our absence last week. Yep, uh, this week we're going to get into Fear of the Walking Dead, the last two episodes, the last two Sundays, because we, as DJ just said, we missed last week's episode. And we, we talk about Superman Doomsday, the death of Superman, the graphic novel, and the movie. We're also going to talk about this new thing that all Pokemon fans have been super excited about called Pokemon Generations. Um, They've released the first two episodes. It's going to encompass about maybe six minutes, maybe a little over. I think the next episode might be like three or five minutes, something like that. So a little bit. Um, We're going to talk about them live on the air. We're going to watch them for the first time as we're talking about it. So that's going to be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. First time for that. So we're going to go ahead and get right into nerd news here and then move on to the meat of the episode. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalypse. Alright, we're going to start off things with DC Universe news. I guess there is no new Walking Dead news this, these last two weeks, so 
You know, that what, a month, a month and two days or some shit? What? Yeah. What's today? Today is September 20th. So, yeah, a month and three days. Oh, fuck yeah. I can't wait. Give or take the 30 days has September, so probably two days. Well, there's our Walking Dead news. You got a month and three days until the <laughs> season fin- the season premiere. Right. Fair enough. Season so. seven. We're pro- we're going we're gonna to have Dylan and uh, Nate back on the show for season seven talk because, it's like I said, it's the same episode pretty much. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if the rumors are true, but the rumors are spreading now that the episode's supposed to be a two-hour premiere. I'd be fine with it. I would be absolutely fine with it. I wouldn't be surprised if it it is just a 90-minute premiere. Right. I'd be pretty pissed if it's just a normal hour. Right. But what can Whatever. you do? So we're going to get some answers. That's as long all as I see who dies, I don't care. It could be 10 minutes long. Yeah, really. But <laughs> like, I, like I said to you before, I think the season six finale could have been just that last 11 minutes. Right. And I would have been perfectly content with that. Yeah. But it had to have the build up, but yeah, I guess not. The episode was good. I liked the episode, I liked it. but yeah, whatever. All right. Well, getting into DC Universe news, uh, we've discussed this before, but I think it's more f- final now. Uh, the Booster Gold movie will not be part of the DC Extended Universe, and Zack Stent has just begun writing it. Zack, actually, yeah, Zack Stent's. I forgot. I forgot the Z in his name, but Zach he Stent. is. He's the writer of Kevin Smith's episode of The Flash called The Runaway Dinosaur, and he's also been promoted to creative producer on the flash permanently huh. um and he also wrote thor hmm. and the movie? one of them x-men x-men first class yeah hmm. he's first a writer class was that. Dope. yeah and he's they've, thor they've, was dope. they've just begun writing the um booster gold movie for like like we've said before we're not particularly too caring whether or not booster gold movie ever got made but I'll still watch it. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing that people are saying that it won't be part of the DCEU, but it's going to be part of something. Right. It's not going to be a standalone Booster Gold movie. So a lot of people are speculating that since Greg Berlanti is making it and Zack Stentz is writing it, it's going to be part of the CW universe. I mean, if we could see characters like the Blue Beetle and some of those other Justice Leaguers, the... The B team Justice League, I guess you could say. Right, which we'll, would be awesome. we're going to be talking about later in this episode, so don't don't worry about that. But yeah, absolutely. If it's going to be part of the DCCW universe, we're going to have to watch it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that either way, I like. I don't mind Booster Gold. I think he's well, cool. he's cool, but I mean, he's just not, not much. So okay, so J.K. Simmons, um, he was in Spider Man. He played uh, what's his name? The newspaper editor. Yeah, the guy. I don't remember. I can't remember his name. J. Jonah Jameson. That's his name. He played J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man. He has migrated to the DC Universe, and he has finished filming for the Justice League movie. He will be playing Jim Gordon, Commissioner Gordon. Now, in an interview with Entertainment Tonight, J.K. had nothing but wonderful things to say about the Batman v Superman director, Zack Snyder. Um, When asked... If most of the scenes were with Ben Affleck, Simmons gave this response. Yeah, mostly with Ben in the first installment of Justice League, Commissioner Gordon is not particularly a sizable part. We just kind of introduce him and see a little bit of his interactions with Batman and with most of the Justice League. That was really, that was a really fun set. Zach runs sort of a big, um, hold on. I just miss what I, I mean. Was I wouldn't saying. expect him to be a big part in the Justice League movie. I expect no, yeah, him to be exactly. a big part in a Batman movie. But. Right. Oh, anyway, he continues to say Zach runs sort of a big happy family, and it's obvious in many ways a very different work environment when you're working on a big giant movie like Justice League than a relatively small movie like The Meddler, which I'm, I don't even know what that is. So it is must be small. 
Um, but at the end of the workday, the director is the one who sets the tone. And one of the things that Zach and uh, Laureen, don't know, know who that is, have in common is that they're just nice, smart, competent, fun people that you don't mind spending a 12-hour day with. Also, a new photo of Simmons as Commissioner Gordon has been released. And although it's kind of hard to see much detail from what you can see, it looks pretty good. Yeah, the, uh, we saw it yesterday. and it Yeah. Just him standing in front of the bat signal. Yep. It's really hard to see. He's kind of standing in the back of the shot. But we zoomed in on it pretty good. Um, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell. it. Like, if you didn't know who the actor already was, you would never be able to tell from that picture. Right. But from, from what it looks like, I mean, he's got his bowler hat on. He's got glasses on. He's got a big bushy mustache from what you can tell. He's got a trench coat. Standing in front of the bat signal. It's the most Batman-looking shot I've seen in a long time. Man, with, without Batman, and Yeah, without Batman. I mean, bat signal. <laughs> might as well be Batman. Yeah. But, all right. Now, there's been this thing going around. Mel Gibson slams Batman versus Superman. Mel Gibson is doing a press for his well-received directorial effects effort, Hacksaw Ridge. And during the process, the topic of multi-million dollar projects, including the superhero genre, happened to come up. In an interview with Deadline, Gibson was asked if these giant films actually require such massive, massive budgets. Which, anybody would, yes, people are flying and blowing up mountains, and of course. Absolutely. I don't believe so. I look at them and scratch my head. I'm really baffled by it. I think there's a lot of waste, but maybe if I did one of those things with the green screens, I'd find out different. I don't know. Maybe they do cost that much. I don't know. It seems to me that you could do it for less. Wow, I mean, if you're spending outrageous amounts of money, $180 million or more, I don't know how you make it, ba make it back after that tax man gets you, and after you give half to the exhibitors. What did they spend on Batman vs. Superman that they're admitting to? When Gibson was told the budget for Warner Brothers' expensive superhero flick, the director balked at the $250 million total, which excludes any marketing the studio paid for. He didn't mince words, and it's a piece of shit. Who the fuck does Mel Gibson think he is, anyway? Fuck if I know. There's not that many movies that Mel Gibson's done that I'm like, wow, that movie was so much better than every movie I've ever seen. Right. I mean, but I'm not a big advocate of Mel Gibson to begin with, so I don't really know, but... I mean, of course it's going to take that much. When you got that many actors, main actors, they're gonna it's going to be expensive. Yeah. When you got that much special effects, like, and it looks real. Like, it doesn't right. look like... Oh, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that Ben Affleck is not a cheap guy. No. You know what I mean? Not to mention that you're putting one of the most... Ex you're putting two. Not only two, but I guess multiple. But two main characters are some of the most high-regarded characters in pop culture today. Batman and Superman. Batman and Superman. They've drawn... Batman's probably brought more money to DC and DC Comics uh, in general than any of their heroes at all. Now, Superman... Uh, close second or right up there right you know i mean plus you got lois lane you got lex luther you got everybody wonder else in woman this movie. yeah wonder woman exactly flash then, flash is yeah. huge right now i mean he's already been big but with the tv show you know he's just even bigger than he's ever been absolutely so i mean of course you need this kind of money to put out a movie like that same thing with suicide squad they're, uh, they're, i mean their marketing was ludicrous in their movie and did people slam their movie so i don't know mel gibson suck it Mel Gibson's a bitch. So, over to Return to Arkham, the game has, let's see, it was previously indefinitely delayed. Um, 
The Return to Arkham HD remaster and re-release of Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City for current-gen consoles, that being Xbox One and PS4, was announced earlier in 2016 but then delayed indefinitely by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Today, this being someday last week, um, Interactive Entertainment released a new side-by-side comparison video comparing the graphics from the original Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City we to the remasters. That. Yes, we did watch that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, in, and this is in the new Return to Arkham game. The description included with the video also reveals a release date of October 18th, 2016. So that's coming soon. And this includes all of the DLC for both games. And it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. I, I can't know. wait to wa- I can't wait to play them. I might have to play them again too. I mean... In my opinion, though, in that side-by-side video, a lot of the older one was better for me. Like, they like made the new one more vibrantly colored, but did, I liked yeah. the darkness. Like the whole, it was a good darkness. The only, the one thing I did notice is that, like, when Arkham Knight came out for the first time, and Lane got his PS4 for the first time, he came over to my house and he said, "Look at this, look at these graphics." He showed me you could see, I mean, you could see water dripping off of Batman's cape and cowl. Like that yeah, is like crazy. Dripping down it. Like and they they added that. They put yeah. that back into our into Return to Arkham, so you can get you're getting like. Almost Arkham Knight style graphics in these in these new games. They're right. not quite, but they're pretty damn close, and that is pretty dope. Yes. Plus the DLC. I don't know if you played any of the DLC for the other stuff, but we're getting all of that too. So the game is going to be significantly longer. Plus, I'm imagining that they're not going to just have both games as two separate discs. I, I assume it'll be one game, maybe. I don't know. On you know one fluid right into the next story type. That'd be awesome if it isn't. We'll it isn't, but. But I wonder what other new stuff they'll bring in. I don't know. But I guess we'll find because I'll be. I have to be buying it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next, we got Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy mentioned two iconic Batman stories as potential DC animated movies. Based on a report from Screen Geek, Hamill and Conroy teased two beloved Batman stories: Hush and A Death in the Family, as possible future animated films. When a fan asked about what they want to do next. Both exchanged something of a sly response to each other, with Conroy turning to Hamill and saying, What do you think about doing Hush? After a huge cheer from the crowd, Hamill one-upped him on the question saying, What do you think about doing a death in the family? So, that would be nuts. Yeah. I don't know what Hush is. What kind of a geek am I? But, I'm assuming if the crowd cheered that greatly, Hush is going to be awesome. Um, But I do know what a death in the family is, and that would be something... Conroy and Hamill are magical on screen together. And this this coincides with what we just talked about in uh, Return to Arkham. Hamill and Conroy were Joker and Batman in that series, too. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Was the Joker in Origins? Uh, Arkham Origins, the game? Yeah. I think, yeah, he was. Okay, was it Hamill? I think so. Okay, so even though Arkham Origins wasn't made by uh, the same company who did the Arkham games... This, uh, I mean, they've been together on screen. They were on screen together in Batman the Animated Series. They're, you know, these these two, these two are Batman and Joker in a lot of people's minds. Um, and the funny thing is, is Mark Hamill plays Trickster in live action Flash adaptations, which is cool because the Trickster is almost like the Joker. Um, he's not quite. He's he's definitely just as goofy, but Joker is a little darker, a lot darker. But I think Lane's, he, Lane's looking up oh. what Hush. Hush is like this, this guy that's after Batman trying to sabotage him. Mm-hmm. But then part of the storyline is 
uh, I've seen this before. Poison Ivy does something to Batman. I mean, to Superman, that takes control of Superman. Oh, like um, the uh, the like the Lotus thing, the Black Lotus. Yeah, something like that. It's similar. I don't think it's because they, obviously they haven't done a movie of it because they wouldn't be such a big deal for them to make one. But it's something similar to to where he like where he like he um, was like dreaming of Krypton. The whole yeah, time. yeah, yeah, dude, that happens in Supergirl. Uh, there they find Ivy has taken control of Superman, and she commands the Man of Steel to kill Batman. Batman observes that Superman is subconsciously resisting Ivy's influence, holding back in his attempts to kill the Cape Crusader. And he has to pretty much fight an e- Superman being controlled by somebody else. That's crazy. Yeah, it's uh... there's a lot. There's supposed to be a lot of appearances like Ivy and uh, Killer Croc, uh, Harlequin, Joker, James Gordon. Oh man, Dick, so that would Dick be really Grayson, cool to see. The Riddler, Nightwing, Rachel Gould. It just everybody. Hmm. Interesting. So, oh, all right then. Well, that that would be really cool to see. I can't. I hope someday we do get either one or both of those. I mean, maybe maybe these people are. Um, yeah, these people. Maybe Hamill and Conroy themselves are talking about something that they know. You know what I mean? Maybe these are something that the Warner Brothers Animation is throwing around, and that they're working on both. Right. Well, they got them in the studio. Why not pound out as much Batman and Joker as you possibly can? I'm down with any new Batman, any new DC, anything. I'm down with it. Like, right. So, over to Margot Robbie and Suicide Squad. Um, Margot Robbie is executive producing the Harley Quinn Suicide Squad spinoff for Warner Brothers. This is big news that came out this week. The actress will be signing a first-look deal with the studio, which makes sense since Suicide Squad has brought over just over $700 million so far, which I'm sure by now it's much more. Um, this is, like I said, this is two-week-old news. Um, Robbie will be pr- producing... Films through her production company, Lucky Chap Entertainment. She's joined by partners Tom Ackery, Josie McNamara, and Sophia Kerr via THR. One of her upcoming projects as part of the New Deal will be a Suicide Squad spinoff film that will not only star Robbie, but will also include her executive producer, her, her as an executive producer. Even though she will star in the film, it won't be a solo project as the film is rumored to include other villains and heroes from DC's vast stable of characters, including names like Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. In addition to the Suicide Squad spinoff, Lucky Chap Entertainment is also producing um, I, Tanya? I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I, Tanya Harding biopic. Oh, okay. Robbie will be starring as Harding. I don't Who's Tanya Harding? I don't know. The team is also working on Bad Monkey's based or on working on bad monkeys based on an original book by matt roth um, robbie will also star in the uh, upcoming queen of the air as well as a upcoming von stein directed terminal the fact that robbie is already producing these producing on feature projects is impressive and the studio is smart to keep her in house as much as possible so we are getting birds of prey we're getting this is awesome because people loved harley quinn and suicide squad i thought she killed the role so I can't wait to see more. She's an American form skating champion, figure skater. Oh, okay. Well, it's probably like a live type of movie, like a like, yeah, yeah, biopic. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. that's pretty awesome. I, I loved Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. Yeah. I thought she, oh, yeah. You know, she made the the movie great. And then next we got Kevin Smith, as he you know, he's known to he uh, directed an episode of Flash in season two. And that ep- which episode was what was the name of that episode? The Runaway Dinosaur. The Runaway Dinosaur. Yep, that's the one where Barry gets trapped in the Speed yes. Force. And it was great. Oh you know, yeah, Kevin People Smith. Loved been, it. Kevin Smith like cried when he had this opportunity. As his dream, you know, he's been reading these comic books since before he even thought it was feasible to make movies out of them. Like, 
Right, and now they're doing. Now he's going to be doing Supergirl. Yeah. And he's doing another episode of The Flash, and I think he might be doing Arrow and Daredevil. Fuck yeah. Because I know he's re- he likes Daredevil a lot, too. Yes, he, he does. He uh, talks about it in his podcast. But uh, Kevin Smith, The Flash, Season 3 episode title revealed as Killer Frost. Now... This was a complete accident, by the way. Now, we've already seen Killer Frost from Universe 2, mm-hmm. Earth 2. So I wonder if this means Caitlin's going to be... Our Caitlin's going to turn into Killer Frost. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, the, here, here's what happened, is that he, he posted a picture of the script... And he had a pen over the title name, mm-hmm. and it just said like what episode number it was, and a whole bunch of other stuff that it, he was doing it, and it had Kevin Smith's name written on it. Well, you could also kind of very lightly see the the wording behind the first page. Mm. So somebody took that picture and put it into Photoshop, and then put the contrast all the way down, mm. so it showed through that first page, and you could see at the very top what the episode title was called. It said you know it said blah 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 Kevin Smith episode title Killer Frost. And it showed a bunch of dialogue. If you really, if you really took time to zoom in on it, you could read some of that dialogue. I mean, I saw, I saw Wally West, I saw Joe West, I saw uh, Barry, I saw all those names and a whole bunch of dialogue coming afterwards. So like, the things people will do just to like fucking ruin things. Oh like. uh, yeah, I know, right? But either way, that's what's that's what's coming, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I'm I, I was just as excited as anybody reading that. Yeah, I know. That's fine. I just. It's just what people will do, man, just to... Oh, I gotta fucking leak something. Yeah, right. Okay, so this this is the last bit of DC news that we have. Actually, no, I have a couple more things I can talk about after this that we don't have on here. That's pretty interesting. I didn't put in the news. Um, so fans of the Justice League currently only have a few options when it comes to tabletop gaming. But ABBA Games will soon be introducing a new avenue for fans of the genre. The game's maker announced a new partnership with DC Comics on their website, and the result of that partnership will be the Justice League board game. This is from Screen Rant. The new game will be a true board game as opposed to more miniatures-focused gameplay of hero clicks, the deck-building mechanics of DC's deck builder, or the dice combat of Dice Masters. It will involve facets of all three of those popular experiences. Justice League will be playable with two to six players, co-op or versus, and will be split into missions. With each mission involving several chapters, the missions themselves will take inspiration from some of the more popular Justice League stories, and you'll be able to complete them chapter by chapter by knocking out several objectives within it. From the announcement, the game will split you into two teams, and it does seem like you'll be able to pick the villains to play as, including Joker, Cheetah, Black Manta, though that could be the result of some unclear translation. As for the heroes, you'll be able to pick from Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, or The Flash. And you'll take on foes like Darkseid and Lex Luthor. How the mechanics work exactly is unclear. But in the announcement, the developers refer to the mechanical control, which could translate to a grid-based system, and they could also reference utilizing resources, so there could be multiple components to keep track of screen rant also mentioned that the dice will most likely be involved abba will, abba will reveal more information about the game around the time they launch the kickstarter campaign which should go live later this year there's not much time for this year so it should go live soon so a couple other things noteworthy to mention were alan richton <coughs> who played thad castle on blue mountain state 
He also played Raphael in the new Ninja Turtles franchise. And he was Aquaman in Smallville. And Aquaman in Smallville. I did not know that. Oh, yes, I did know that. You told me that before. Um, he and he been... was in uh, Hunger Games. I don't know that. I don't know Hunger Games very well, but he was one of the competitors in the first movie. Hmm. Well, rumor has it. I don't know how this rumor came about. I, I don't know much about it at all. I did not read up on it, but rumor has it. And he himself has come out and said that this is true, is that he will be playing Shazam in the live-action Shazam movie alongside The Rock. So this rumor has gone so far out as to have Boss Logic, we've talked about Boss Logic last last time on our podcast, to go out and create some um, photoshopping of Alan Richardson as Shazam, and it's it looks amazing. Like, And they also did... Uh, they also did The Rock as Black Adam, and it, it just all looks so good. But what do you think, Lane, about Alan Richton as Shazam? I mean, he's big. He's a huge man. But, like, he's more of, like, a tall, long, buff kind of guy. Like, Shazam right. is, like, The Rock is super thick. Like, you know, like... Yeah. And then uh, Alan Richman is very is very buff, too. But he's more like Aquaman buff. Like, like... The original, what you like the original Aquaman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's tall and long and just Shazam really is super just gigantic. ripped. And Shazam, but super, so Shazam is like John Cena huge, like. But I mean, I still think he'll, yeah. But I still think he would do good, like. So here's the mock-up right here. We got there's one of them. I mean, I could see it, like. And then here's the latest one. I mean, The Rock is gonna be Black Adam, perfect. Like I've said it. That before. looks nuts. And that I think yeah. that looks awesome too, man. I think he can do it. I mean, he has the nice square face. I think I don't I don't see any reason he can't. I think he looks. He also looks young enough. Like I said before, yeah. Um, in Justice League War, um, Shazam was just you know he was a kid that obviously, and then when he turned into Shazam, he still looked really young. Right. And but I was Bach, like, man, the Rock looks so perfect. Oh yeah, he looks unbelievable. I'm gonna post this on our Facebook page right now, actually, because people didn't get a chance to check this out, but this. It's really really cool. See, it's gonna it's just gonna be weird though because you know you, when you think Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State, he is absolutely one of the most ridiculous characters you've ever seen. Out right. Of <laughs> well, I mean, it's also it's also uh, odd to think about him as Raphael, like. Right. So. And yeah, but you don't really see him, so it's not. Yeah. And you know his voice doesn't really sound like him. You know, I never really would have known. I thought it was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, well, it could have been. So, and a lot of rumors also about Zac Efron possibly playing Red Hood or Nightwing. I could dig that. So that would be interesting. I, I can't find the pictures of that, but there were some that I did see. Um, and then there is also, uh, a, there's a fan petition out there right now for um, Shia LaBeouf to play Red Hood. Interesting. Yeah, people people want him out there to play Red Hood. I, I don't really know why. So this is... What Zach Efron could look like as I think it's Nightwing. I can be alright with that. Yeah, I think he looks okay. It's pretty interesting. What is this? Zach Efron is Shazam. I saw another. Th- nah, I see now. No, that I'm yeah, not that's okay terrible. with that. It's another thing. Uh, what's her name from Superbad? That, uh, that redheaded girl. Emma. Emma. Emma Stone. Uh, yeah, Emma they Stone. They wanted her to be Batgirl. Oh, that's interesting. And I think I could dig that too. She has that red hair. Amber Heard. Amber Heard is playing um, Mira, Aquaman's wife. Mm. So that's pretty interesting. Let's see if we can't find Batgirl with Emma Stone. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I, I mean, pretty much the only thing that really makes her is the fact that she's red hair. So I mean, I, 
I don't know how well she'd be at like kicking ass or you know probably be her stunt double kicking ass but didn't really have boss logic didn't do one up but no. I mean that's not horrible that's a photoshop bat mask it is <laughs> but I can see it yeah <laughs> that's a photoshop bat mask it sure fucking is but yeah alright well what's our next part of DC news that is all for DC news alright we can move right into Marvel news Alrighty. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. We've got a first look at the Shocker on set. Which, the Shocker, he pretty much does what his name says. He does. He like shoots electric at you. Like, How does know. he acquire it? It's not like Electro, is it? I don't think so. I think it's more or less gadgets he's using. He might have some type of... I don't know too much about him. I'll look him up in a second. But I, I know him a lot from the video game. One of the video games I used to play, Spider-Man, he... Mm-hmm. You're in a subway train, like a train tunnel, mm-hmm. and he's just shooting these fucking huge rays of electricity at you. You gotta like dodge them and shit. That damn straight. But uh, someone snapped the very first photos of Shocker on the set of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Spider-Man: Homecoming. At this point, little is known about who took the photos, when the photos were taken, and who was under the costume. However, if a leaked call sheet proves to be authentic, which it appears to be, that would mean Riddick and Fargo actor Bukim Woodbine is playing Herman Schultz, aka Shocker. In the comics, Schultz is a career criminal that uses his brilliant talents as both an inventor and an engineer to build a pair of gauntlets, activated with a pump-action thumb trigger that can create seismic disruptions. Since the vibrations can be very intense, he wears a heavily insulated costume with yellow quilt patches that absorb the shock. The character was created by Marvel legend Stan Lee and John Romita Sr. and debuted in The Amazing Spider-Man number 46. So I believe it's just... Like... He's using items, you know. He's using those gauntlets to make the electricity. I don't know if he actually has electric powers. Right. Oh, okay. I see. So yeah, this this site doesn't have any any information about him on here. But all right. So Lane's gonna look up a little bit more about Shocker so we can learn about it. But uh, Doctor Strange, as it comes ever closer and closer to its theatrical release, I cannot this fucking November. wait for this movie. <laughs> well, you're gonna want to pay attention to what I'm about to say. Marvel's offerings have included new high-resolution stills from Doctor Strange as well as a new featurette uh, further revealing the mythical side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now a new synopsis for Doctor Strange has surfaced, offering a few new details about the film's plot. Doctor Strange synopsis reads, From Marvel comes Doctor Strange, the story about a world-famous neurosurgeon, Doctor Stephen Strange, whose life changes forever after a horrific car accident, robs him of the use of his hands. When traditional medicine fails him, he is forced to look for healing and hope in an unlikely place. A mysterious enclave known as Kamar Taj. He quickly learns that he is not just the center for healing, but he also but also the front Oh my gosh. Also the front line of a battle against the unseen dark forces bent on destroying our reality. Before long, Strange, armed with newly acquired magical powers, is forced to choose whether to return to his life of fortune and status or leave it all behind to defend the world as the most powerful sorcerer in existence. Join Strange on his dangerous, mystifying, and totally mind-bending journey when Marvel's Doctor Strange opens in Irish cinemas on 25th October. So, um, I guess if you live in Ireland and you're listening to this, you can see that way before we get to see it. But... It will arrive in theaters somewhere around November. I can't remember the actual release date. We've said it on the show before. Um, I guess I might as well just look it up. But th- this movie's going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, as far as Shocker goes, he's just like a regular man. Like he, 
He's as strong as a man his age and size would be that, that, that trains all the time. Right. But all of his powers come from his gauntlets and the suit he wears that prevents him from taking any damage. 100 sit-ups. <laughs> 100 push-ups. And you have to run 10 kilometers every day. That's One Punch's man. One Punch Man's training. <laughs> For three years. <laughs> all right, so uh, Doctor Strange comes out November 4th, 2016. So that is really soon. I can't what? wait. Doctor Strange? Yes. Oh, yeah. Did you did you happen to read what I had? I did not hear it. Oh. Well, that that's it right there. That's the new uh, Doctor Strange synopsis, and it sounds really awesome. But this movie is going to be a visual spectacle. Ooh, there's a new trailer. We'll have to watch that later. We should watch it live. We've already watched trailer number two. Did we? Yeah. Oh. Okay, then. Yeah, because there was that first trailer, and then... then that's the... right. You're right. Usually there's a three trailers. Yeah, I don't. I I I would be surprised if we don't get one soon. Maybe with Star with Rogue One. No, oh, well, it'll Doctor be Doctor Strange comes then. out before Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Duh. Dee dee dee. Sorry, I'm an idiot sometimes. All right, that's all for Marvel news. We're gonna get right into some Star Wars news. We got a little bit. Um, a life-sized R2D2 replica. One of the few characters to be featured in all seven movies in the Star Wars saga is getting a life-size replica figured courtesy of Sideshow Collectibles. Which I know they're already out there. Like, they already have R2-D2s that are that big. Like, oh, yeah. But they're, this is This must one. be like a fucking boss ass. It's, it must what, do, it's it like must seven do grand. Something. Yeah, it's seventy-four fifty. Sideshow Collectibles have revealed the limited edition R2-D2 life-size figure, allowing Star Wars fans to bring home the most true-to-life true version of the plucky Asatromek droid to date. And they won't even have to haggle with Jawas to do it. <laughs> the limited edition R2-D2 size figure features a new sculpt that emphasizes realism, complete with screen-accurate lights and sounds. So he'll be cussing a lot and censored. <laughs> the lights and sounds can be triggered with the included remote control, which is stored behind, stored in a hidden compartment next to the speaker. R2-D2's dome can be rotated to the right and left, along with the holographic projectors. What? Well, I guess so. I guess this is a complete accurate version. Well, if it's gonna cost seven grand, I'm gonna. It better be damn straight. I better get me beer and like a R two D two. Dude, yeah. I would give. I would give anything for that. That would be so awesome to have. I wouldn't give anything for it. I wouldn't give seven grand. Well, if I had a spare seven grand. If you had a spare seven grand, yeah, but I and don't. I couldn't think of anything more worth it to spend it on, then I would totally be owning that. Just just to say, I've got this shit. Well, here's some specs. Expected to ship May 2017 to July. License is Star Wars. Scales life size. The manufacturer is Slideshow slide slide yeah. slide Collectibles. Product size 48 inches tall, 42 inches wide, 42 inches long. Dimension weight to be determined. Inter international di dimensional weight? I, I don't know. To be determined. Size and weight are approximate values. So, hell yeah. Jesus. <laughs> So this next thing is a little bit long, but it's worth it's worth talking about. This is um, I don't know. This is only this, these are two separate things right here. But so the Star Wars live action television series apparently still has hope, according to Disney and ABC executives. Rumors regarding the live action series in a galaxy far, far away have been dispelled for years. But a recent interview with a Disney ABC <coughs> executive, Ben Sherwood has given fans of the franchise a new hope. <laughs> uh. 
When speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, Ben was asked about the chances of a live-action Star Wars series ever happening. Sherwood had this to say on the topic. The live-action Star Wars plan rests in the hands of Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn, Lucasfilm president Kathy Kennedy, and the great folks at Lucasfilm. Somewhere we hope in a galaxy not too far away, there will be a television show that will air on one of the networks, on one of our networks. But it wouldn't be... But I wouldn't get anybody's hopes up too high. They have a lot of movies to make between now and then, or we are deep into a very productive relationship with Lucasfilm making Disney's Star Wars Rebels, and we're ongoing conversations with them on what is next in the Star Wars animated show. So this information has assured Star Wars fans that there may one day be a series, but we'll have to wait until the slate of current films has been released. That may take a while, as episode 10 is slated to release in December of 2019. The one thing that would be good about like a live-action series would just be more story you get to learn about. Because there's already live-action movies and there's already animated shows. Like It's not like I'm like needing a Star Wars live-action show. Like, yeah, I don't... I, now, sure, it'd be cool, if they whatever. did something like where they took a character that we ha- won't see anymore or something like that and maybe talked about its his origin... Well, yeah, like a Yoda. Yeah, Yoda or like... I'd even be cool with like Palpatine. Yeah. Which, by the way, his name is Sheev. We just found out earlier this Sheev week. Sheev Palpatine. Sheev Palpatine. That is the fucking craziest name. I'm still waiting for Star Wars to make its appearance on Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah. That show that does all the Disney shows, Disney yeah. movies and stuff. Because while the show, during the shows, out, while it was out, Disney bought Star Wars. Right. So it's very feasible that there will be a point in the show where they will bring Star Wars into it. Because we've seen almost everything else. Wouldn't that be some shit? That would be awesome. I mean, we've seen Brave, well, yeah, we've seen Frozen. What about Marvel? Can they introduce Marvel characters into that show now? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's considered Disney movies. I don't know. I don't really. I don't Actually, know Disney I don't know. Marvel now. Disney owns Marvel. Yeah. I don't they know. made that. They made that crazy deal with Netflix. Now Disney and Marvel movies can show up on. Um, Netflix. Interesting. Super early. I don't know. That'd be crazy though. Yeah. Like, a, what if like Star, uh, Darth Vader and like Captain America showed up on once? Yeah. In the same season. Interesting. <laughs> That'd be interesting too. That's the only iteration of Frozen you've ever seen, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> That's all that matters though. So this this one's all you. If you don't feel like reading all of it, then I totally understand. We can take it in shifts because it's a little lengthy. One? Adam Driver, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, talks about the tone of Star Wars Episode Eight script. When Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens hit theaters last year, hit theaters last year, fans saw several similarities between it and its predecessors. The new trilogy promises to mirror the original structure by the way of plotting and structuring. And according to Adam Driver, it seems like Episode Eight will continue the copycat trend. Sort of. The actor recently spoke to Collider about Episode Eight and teased the film will follow another fan-favorite Star Wars film, describing the script for Episode Eight. Adam said. It's great, similar to how The Empire Strikes Back has a different tone. For that, people always go, ooh, it's dark. And I don't know that it necessarily is, it's just different in tone. And in a way that I think it's great and necessary, but also very clear, he continued. He trusts that his audience is ready for a nuance and ambiguity. He is not dumbing anything down for someone that's not that's really fun to play. For many of the actors' words are encouraging. Or yeah, for many, the actors' words are encouraging. Fans often tout about The Empire Strikes Back as being one of the best films in the Star Wars universe, citing its gritty tone and operatic ash- action. However, Adam is indict- in oh, in- indicating Episode 8 won't 
take a very dark turn, but rather a different tone. The new tone will likely please those critics who thought The Force Awakens was too similar to the original Star Wars trilogy, that being A New Hope. Um, changing the tone of Episode Eight will showcase the franchise's complexity without copying The Empire Strikes Back outright. In, his inter- in, th- in this interview, Adam went on to discuss what it, what it was like working with Ryan Johnson um, after he inherited J.J. Abrams' seat as director. So, Ryan Johnson also did um, Jurassic World, I believe. I can't remember what else he did. He did some. He did something else, but um, I think he no. That is, I I don't don't quote me on that. Ryan Johnson didn't do Jurassic World. The guy who's doing episode ten did Jurassic World, and I can't remember his name right now. Uh. Um, but maybe this is just me think. This is Adam Driver. He goes. Maybe this is just me thinking to myself. But I'm surprised because in their shoes, I'd be way more stressed out than JJ and Ryan seem to be. The actor said Ryan is coming into something that we kind of set up, and he just took it to the next level in a really great way. He wrote it, too, and Ryan's writing is so clear. He's the most polite, unassuming guy, and he was appropriately territorial about some of the things, but would still be getting, would still be the first to admit when something is not working. A lot of times you need to rise to understand what the script is, and perhaps I'm beginning to be unclear, but he's a great person to be working with, Adam gushed. As for his role, Adam said, he felt the stakes were even higher for him when he reprised the role of Kylo Ren. No one's relaxing, he explained. I didn't feel more relaxed as if we had accomplished anything. It's more reason to have to have to redouble our efforts and make it even more specific. With Adam's words in mind, fans can only wonder what changes are in store for Kylo in Episode 8. Those fans are hoping they'll get more updates on the upcoming film sooner than later, and many are already petitioning Lucasfilm to release the title... And teaser trailer for episode 8 this coming Thanksgiving. So we're hoping that we can see something as far as the title for episode 8. Maybe like alongside Rogue One um, or something like that. But maybe before Thanksgiving would be pretty cool. I mean, that's that's not too far away. So episode 8 will hit theaters December 15th of next year, 2017. So I'm stoked on that. That's going to be super awesome. So we have one more little thing of news. Lane stepped away from the mic for a little bit. But we got this little just interesting thing. It's some Harry Potter news. But I guess 4 Privet Drive is up for sale. Fans, Harry Potter fans can live in the real cupboard under the stairs as Privet Drive is uh, is up for sale. The home in Picket Post Close Martin's Heron, better known as the fictional 4 Privet Drive, is up for sale in Bracknell near Reading. Let's see. There's a little bit more information here. Um... The home in Picket Post Close Martin Terran, better known as Fictional Private Drive, is up for sale for nearly half a million pounds. Back in 2001, the house was picked out of hundreds around the UK to be the Dursleys' home in the fictional Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Harry was forced to live in a, in a cupboard under the stairs by his cruel aunt and uncle before heading to Hogwarts. And they show a couple pictures of the house. Um, the backyard looks a little bit different. However, the logistical problems meant the actual house only ever getting featured in the first film, but the whole street was recreated in a studio for later films, including the final installments of the series Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So, if you have half a million pounds, which roughly translates to 500 grand, you can go to the UK and buy this house if you really feel nerdy enough, which would be crazy. I would be more than proud to claim that is my 
home. Lane, we should buy this house and do Nurtoclips from it every week. Fly out every week and do the show from Ford Privet Drive. <laughs> How dope would that be? Too dope to be real, I guess. But all right. So right up, coming up next, we have a new segment that we're calling Nerd Libs or Superhero Mad Libs, whatever you want to call it. We're going to do some one each. We're going to do these one a week. I'm going to do one. Lane's going to do one. And we're going to read them out loud. And then, before, then after that, we're going to get right into Fear the Walking Dead, followed by Superman Doomsday for the counterparts versus. And then we're going to talk about Pokemon Generations. All right, guys, we're going to do some superhero Mad Libs here. The first one here is called Green Lantern's Light. Okay, Lane. Noun. Poopskin. Poopskin. Poopskin, okay. Adjective. Juicy. Juicy. Noun. Toe fungus. <laughs> Toe fungus. Okay, color. Goldenrod. <laughs> Goldenrod. Okay, verb. Thrust. All right. A place. The Vatican. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Part of the body. In between your fingers. Between fingers. Plural noun. Microphones. Okay. First name male. Johannes. I don't even know how to spell it. No, no, uh, no. Change that. Uh, Jacob. Uh, a place. Do boys. Okay. Uh, adjective. R ridiculous. I think that'd be considered an adjective. Occupation. Coal miner. All right. Adjective. Um. Creamy. Creamy. Adjective. Big. Noun. Two nouns. Propeller. And curtain. Adjective. Silky. Okay. So this story is called Green Lantern's Light. After Green Lantern easily put out a raging poop skin in a warehouse, <laughs> a juicy firefighter asked him, Man, where can I get the, a power toe fungus like yours? <laughs> Goldenrod Lantern responded, This ring allows its wearer to thrust anything they can imagine, and it was created by the Guardians of the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be worn by between, by between finger. <laughs> Police officers from microphones across the universe... I received mine from Jacob when his spaceship. <laughs> I received mine from Jacob when his spaceship crashed here on the Dubois. 
he was injured in a ridiculous accident and had to find someone to pass the ring on to. I was a test coal miner at an aircraft company when the ring found me. Made me into a creamy hero. Mm. <laughs> but the only big... But only the big can wear the propeller. And the green curtain, just like... <laughs> just, just like it takes a silky person to be a firefighter like you. It makes no sense. No, not, not, not at all. It's okay. It's not supposed to. All right. <coughs> Verb, verb ending in ing. Um, tasting. Tasting. Yes. You don't get to look. Plural noun. She no. Uh, let's do computers. Adjective. Rusty. Plural noun. Speakers. Part of the body, plural. Toes. Adjective. Smooth. Verb. Fucking. Oh, fuck. Wait, fuck. Okay, that Not works. ING. Okay. Plural noun. President. Presidents. Yes. Number. Eighteen. Color. Dandelion. Dandelion. Yeah, that, that's a color. Yeah. Verb ending in ing. Um, sexing. Sexing. Adjective. Gigantic. Noun. Taint. Taint. Yeah. Another noun. Moose knuckle. <laughs> Number. 45. Place. Walmart. Adverb. Um, Describes a verb like run quickly, smoothly, loudly. Go with uh, loudly, I guess. Plural noun. Flamingos. All right, this is called canal surfing. A great underwater earthquake sent a tidal wave tasting toward Venice, Italy. The city built on computers floating in the water. To save the city, its people, and its treasures, Aquaman used his rusty mental powers to ask the speakers of the sea to help. He commanded the giant squid with their many toes to gather smooth boulders from the bed of the ocean and fuck walls across the mouths of the city's famous presidents. <laughs> to keep out the floodwaters, he sent packs of 18-foot-long dandelion whales sexing into the rushing wall of water to slow it down. <laughs> while gigantic fish leapt along the city's waterways to warn the citizens of the dangerous approaching taint. Thanks to the moose knuckle of the 45 seas, <laughs> Venice was saved from the flood. The people of the Walmart are loudly grateful to Aquaman and his family and his finny flamingos for all they have done. <laughs> Interesting. Well, some of that made sense. Yeah, the very first part of it made perfect sense. 
their many toes. Yeah, squid with their many toes to gather smooth boulders <laughs> to the bed of the ocean and fuck walls. It's <laughs> absurd. Alrighty. All right, well. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. Let us know if you enjoyed any of that. We can if we can keep doing it. Yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep them coming. We're gonna try to get stuff for, for everything. All kinds of things. Okay, well, that was entertaining. We're gonna get into Fear the Walking Dead first. Yes, Fear the Walking Dead. As we said, we're going to be covering the last two Sundays of Fear the Walking Dead. They were both pretty good episodes, I think. Like, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Last week was way crazier than this week. Yeah, but I think this one this one was pretty good, though. But yeah, it wasn't we'll, too We'll yeah, get into, first talk about Season 2, Episode 12, Pablo and Jessica. So the episode opens on Madison and Strand being stuck behind the bar. Um, and they're taking... The, they're they're going to take a play from Nick's book up for camouflage. So this is... Where they they grab one of the walkers, like cut it open, smother themselves, smother themselves in um, blood, and try to make their way out. No, it pretty much went because the episode before this ended with uh, mm-hmm. Alicia finding her mother in that room. Right. And then this was kind of doing a flashback from Madison and Strand's perspective when they saw. So it kind of we saw the same the same time period, just different per, different people. Right. Walking Dead's favorite trick. Yeah, which is fine. Um. So yeah, they take they do the blood thing and they disguise themselves, which seems to be ridiculously flawless. Like yeah, that's for sure. They do it a lot in this show. Yeah, I mean they do it a lot less. Like in the regular Walking Dead, man, they cover themselves in intestines and guts, and this all they do is put paint on their face, like blood on their face. Yeah. So I don't. Maybe they've been doing and it. They wrong. did it. They did it in season one, and then they didn't do it again for a long time. Yeah. But Nick, I swear to God, Nick does it every week. But, I mean, it, hey, it works. Like, they all figured it out first. That's the beauty of Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, I know at one point, I think, was it Strand and uh, Madison run outside by themselves? Mm-hmm. And they see the truck is gone? Mm-hmm. And uh, at, at that time, they didn't know who took the truck. The truck was just gone. They thought Alicia took the truck. Right. But we know that Alicia's still there, so we assumed that Ophelia take the truck. Right. So, you know, that on last week, that was our theory for that. Ophelia took the truck. And they think Alicia may have took it, and she goes, "Oh, she wouldn't do that." And Strand goes, "Maybe if she needed to save herself, she would." Like, right? She goes, "I don't think she would." And then she started thinking about it, and but as we know, as viewers, she did not leave. So, so we got Nick. Uh, he, it cut it, like it, this show just cuts back and forth over and over again. So Nick, he's at the uh, uh, compound and he's working on medic, medical supplies. He's he's cutting the oxies with something else to make more of them. He's Last pretty much more to trade. he's weakening weakening them. They'll get you high faster, but they won't last as long. But you can spread it out. Like I think he's like doubling the dose or some something like that. He's mm. so he's like, and the other guy's like, well, they'll notice. He goes, they're not going to care. He goes, take it from. He's like, you're a pharmacist. I'm a drug addict. He right. goes, we can do this. Like he's like, all they're going to know is that they're getting higher faster. Right. But it, it just won't last as long. But um, it's kind of smart. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? You got to. It's smart until somebody does figure it out. Right. <laughs> so they approach the other group of people at the hotel. Yeah, so this is the um, – this would be – Alicia met up with Elena. She was a hotel coordinator whatever the heck you want to call her. The yeah, she's the one in the flashback that locked those people in at that wedding. Right. 
So she meets up with the people from the wedding, the friends and family of the bride and groom. The bride is no longer around, but uh, Oscar, the The groom, groom, the mother of the bride. Yep, the mother of the bride. I don't know her name. And a bunch of their friends or people that they've come in contact with somehow. Um, They have been holding up in the hotel as like two separate sides like that just hate each other you know one hates the one for ruining the wedding by whatever for whatever reason they blame her well they locked him in she locked him in there she locked him in there yeah but but she specifically at one point blames her for her daughter's death but the daughter got attacked way before the yeah that was happening while she locked him in so it's not yeah it's almost it's almost like the the mother of the bride is assuming that this elena girl is the reason for the virus yeah, she's being pretty fucking. Under, but like, she was the but the mother of the bride was sitting there talking to her husband like we need to get out of the country like this, yeah, obviously no. the virus wasn't a thing so I don't know why she's got it in her head that she's the reason her daughter died that doesn't make any sense because it's just trying to justify your daughter dying in front of you I guess it's hard yeah but uh, Nick making the pool last longer cutting oh he's making the pills last longer we already discussed that uh, Nick was talking to leader about getting bitten and not changing now this guy is brought on this like fucking uh complex of being like the leader right because he apparently had got bit by a walker and didn't die yeah which seems fucking i feel like that i don't know man like it's impossible to say because unless somebody saw him get bit by a walker he could have been bit by anybody true you know maybe anything an animal a messiah messiah complex is what i put that's what i'm that's the word i was looking for right but i mean i don't know like because what we determined through all the reading we did about how what kills you from a walker bite. Right. It's not the virus that's killing you. It's the bacteria and yes, the fact inf- that the mouths are disgusting. That, yeah, that's infecting your cut. And Unless he just has such an immunity to these types of things. Like an, he just has antibiotic blood. Either that or he was... I don't know if he... I don't know if they've ever discussed it. What if your body was filled with antibiotics at the time of a bite? I don't know. Or he just had stuff on him, like antibiotic. Maybe maybe the true way to avoid walker bites is just a fuckload of Neosporin. Yeah, I'm sure. He just got bit, and he just took a big old chunk of it and threw it in there. I don't know, but I feel like he's full of shit. I feel like he is full of shit, too. He, I feel like he's straight up using it as a way to get people to follow him under his rule. At whatever you want to call this Mexican compound. Oh, for sure. But. Um, yeah, Madison. Madison is trying to talk to the others about making the place theirs, growing food, getting water, etc., etc. So, so she wants to stay there. Like, yes, at the hotel, which is, I think is a terrible idea. I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's so big. Like, Yeah, it's humongous. You know I mean? It wouldn't be too know. hard to sneak in there, and somebody could be living in a room ten stories up, and you'll never know it. Like, right. Until one day, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're fucked. Like, who the fuck are you? So Strand, he's being Strand is being Strand. I don't know what I don't know what of fish means, but he doesn't want to take. He doesn't want to make that place his home. He says he'll help fortify it, but he'll leave. Standoffish. Oh, standoffish. Somehow it separated the words. Strand is being Strand of fish. <laughs> strand is being standoffish about the whole idea. He doesn't. He's telling them that he will help them. Get ready, get it prepared, but then he's leaving. Right. He doesn't want to stay there forever, which is... Strand is smart. I like Strand. Yeah. 
Um, also, says, he claims that he was attacked by the living and bitten by the dead. This was the... Alejandro. Alejandro. He was saying... Like, the way in the, the dialogue was that he was getting attacked by people, and then he ended up getting bit by dead. But, for all he knows, he was getting bit by a person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a whisper. Oh, shit. You never know. Like, uh, I mean, uh, halfway across the country, like... Yeah. There could be people doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you never fucking know. That's man. crazy. That's a little bit spoilery for, like, what maybe season fucking eight of the Walking Dead show. Right. But if you're caught up with the comic books, you'll know exactly what we're saying. That's crazy. I never even thought of that. It, uh, of other people doing that somewhere in the world, yeah. which I'm sure that the Whispers aren't the first people. That's not much different that. than covering yourself in blood. It's really not. I mean, it I takes it way know. further, but at the same time, it's the same concept, really. Like, I can't imagine that that would last very long, even the way that they do it. With the skin? Yeah. I mean, it would last long enough. The skin would just constantly be raw. It'll last as long as a walker skin does. Like, I guess that's true. I mean, if do you think... I mean, a walker's... Maybe they get new yeah, faces. I guess a walker's body is constantly decaying. Well, they're not but... always wearing the faces in the comics, you know? Like, some, like there's times where maybe they have new faces all the time. Or, that's true. We don't really know, but... Interesting. Interesting theory, Lane. So, where are we at here? Nick... Yes. Yeah, Nick is going to the group with, uh, with the groceries. With the groceries to take newly to take the newly reformed drugs, um, for trade for water. I, I'm assuming. Yeah, like he. This episode was weird, like that. Like they kept making it seem like he was gonna go, and then he would do something else, and then him and that girl were talking about something else, and they were gonna go. And they, it's almost like they skipped it. Like I think they ended up going, but they never. It didn't show it this time. Didn't show I don't it. know, but. Uh, there was a good moment where Nick well, walked out right after this conversation about him going, and he started playing soccer with the kids with that woman. What's that woman's name? I uh, I don't know. The one he's having sex with. Uh, the woman that found him that almost left him to die the first time. Yeah, I can't, they've said her name in the show. I just can't remember it. It was just which, a good moment. Like I seen like I like seeing moments like this. Which is weird because I can remember the name of the groom from the first episode of the uh, wedding scene, and Lane had no idea. Yeah, I don't fucking know that. His shit. name is Oscar, but I cannot remember the name of the fucking Mexican chick. But Nick, let's see here. Uh, the other the, woman. Yeah, she says she's going to go. Yeah, the other woman, she says she's going to go with Nick, um, her brother from whom their group was killed on a run. Her brother from the group was killed on a run. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and one Nick, of the guys that was with them originally. Yeah, he said, he said, oh, your boyfriend just died right in front of him. She said, it wasn't my boyfriend, it was my brother. Um, and then Nick... <laughs> I can't believe you wrote that. <laughs> Nick is consoling her, and it says, "Will she feed him the pink taco?" <laughs> well, this was before we knew they were banging, and I was Find like, "Find out no, next time." Will she feed him the pink taco? It's <laughs> good. <laughs> so she's Mexican, and tacos, and and it's pink. I, I, yeah. I know. I totally understand why you wrote that. Just fucking weird. Um, well, I was gonna say I didn't write that. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I get it now. No, they are. They are. Uh, Back to the hotel, back to Madison. Them, they are cleaning out the hotel of walkers. Like they're trying to figure out the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. They're hashing back plans. Like, uh, gonna go in it. What we're we gonna do? Go into every single room, kill them all off, or are we gonna like, uh, you know, like it take forever. Absolutely. And then, uh, and like, like I said earlier, my opinion, it would that, that huge, that too big of a place would just be too much to worry about, in my opinion. Like, yeah, absolutely. You'd always have, you'd almost have to have more people you can trust. It'd have to be a full community in that hotel. Like, I don't think a hotel is a bad idea if we're talking about from <laughs> Telltale's Fear of the Walking Dead season one, where they had like the it was an outdoor hotel, and you got the parking lot on the inside, and all the rooms are facing outside, 
you can gate off the front of it and have just the inside of the parking lot and all the rooms like that. I think that might be better than an actual full-scale... Like 15-story, 20-story tower. That's ridiculous. You know, entrances all over the place, courtyards, pools. You know, that's not a good idea. Doing it the other way... Like I said, in, in in The Walking Dead, Tell, Telltale season one, they did they do that, and they hold up there for quite a while. It's I mean, not, like if you had bad. a huge amount of people, a hotel like that would be perfect because you could always have snipers on top of the building, yeah, looking like looking in each direction. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't be that bad. And you have to have people at each. But you have door. to have that many people. Absolutely. I mean, but, you have to have a literal army in there. Exactly, but they don't have enough people. You know, patrolling hallways, patrolling all entrances. Yeah. Making sure that, you know, people, like, all the back doors, all the hidden doors, and everything like that is... I would almost, like, trap off, like, you know, like, say, with the amount of people they have, they need two stories, maybe. Right. If that, and I would almost, like, trap off all the other, like, bolt everything shut. Yeah. Or somehow make it on, on you not even possible to get up there. Like, I would, you know what I mean? Right. No, I agree completely. Unless they needed it, then they could go in and, because they know where everything's at. So. Right. But, whatever. So, Alicia is going out into the water saying that they don't need the hotel and pointed out to a danger, or yeah, pointed to a danger riptide sign. Yeah, like she just starts walking down the ocean and Madison's like, what are you doing? And like, they just, I don't, that's what I don't like about this, about things like that, because she would just, nobody would ever just do that without responding. Like, she just walked out into the water like she was going to go drown herself. Right. Anyway, so to to build the suspense, I guess, but... She, she points out the danger riptide sign. She comes to this um, idea that they're going to lower all these walkers out into the water. And in have them one shot down instead of yeah. cleaning out. Yeah, all in one shot. So they go. What, what they're going to do is they're going to they're gonna open up rooms. They're going to lure them all out of the hallways. They're going to lure them down the stairs into the doorway that opens out to the pier. And then they're going to let the walkers walk right off the side of the damn pier. Mm-hmm. Great idea. No, I think it's pretty genius. But until the water, that the high tide comes and brings the walkers right back up on the shore. But we'll get there. Um, and then it goes back to Nick in between her talking about the plan before they start initiating it. And Nick is given his own room for helping out. He's becoming important to the community. Uh, the leader, well, what's his Alejandro. name? Alejandro. He gives. He's like walks in. He's like, "What's this for?" He's like, "This is your room." Like he's like, "You are now part of this community." Like right. He's a bigger part of the community than a lot. You know, I mean, he's doing he's doing stuff to help them out, so that's cool. He gets his own room. Yeah. So um. So then Mexi chick arrives to talk to Nick, and they have a conversation about family and stuff. <laughs> they start talking about their past. He wants to start family. learning Spanish too. I think like he yeah, had he, like a Spanish book. And... Yeah, yeah. He wants to learn how to speak Spanish, and he starts telling Nick about or Nick starts telling her about um her sister and or his sister and all all that stuff. And she's like, I didn't know you had a sister and all this family and all that stuff. I thought you were a loner out here and. And you can tell that maybe Nick is starting to slightly regret leaving his family behind. I thought. Yeah, something. I don't even know. It's hard to tell what Nick's feeling. He kind of is weird. Yeah. Um. So as I mentioned before on the podcast, we stream this show. So we don't always get the very end of the episode. So that being said. Um, well, the water, like we talk about the plan, sucking, getting them sucked out to sea because of the high riptide. Now, I under, like, riptide is when it comes and it pulls things into the ocean. So, mm-hmm. you know, for them to, I mean, for a high tide to bring them back in might, as long as the riptide takes them far out enough, far enough out and they sink down, they shouldn't, that shouldn't be a problem. But I could see it being something. But, because we already saw something like that when they came across that one group, that one with that, that crazy one where that girl turned into the walker. 
Oh yeah. That crazy family that we saw, and then they were washing up on shore, and he was they were killing them. Right. That was yeah. That was that was like not that was farther out though by yeah, San but, Francisco. But uh, the plan seems to be working. You know, they show, they're just pretty much luring them out, like walking backwards, and I don't know people watching. And then uh, Madison herself is the one walking across the dock, and they get on a boat. They got on like a little fucking uh, blow up power boat. Yeah. Like a, a raft. It looks a lot something like a Coast Guard boat. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, she, and then, you know, they go out there, and then uh, Madison jumps off the side. And then, it looks like it, it seems ominous, you know. Of course, because it's The Walking Dead, they're like, "Oh well, something's gonna happen." Right. She's gonna get grabbed under, and but the walkers just start fucking walking off the side. Yeah, and it's totally random men there. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, anytime you're seeing walkers drop, it just seems so odd looking. They're like, uh. It's just crazy. Like they all like by by the tens and twenties, they're dropping. Just just falling right off into the water, and it's just cool looking. And like a, like I think an episode before this, we had walkers falling off the damn balconies of the hotel, and it yeah. was crazy too. Just hitting the floor and then walking, getting back up and walking. It's like, crazy. Nah. Uh, so anyway, like I said, we stream the episode. Works. The episode ends, and we assume. Well, we know Strand and Madison sit. They sit down for a big dinner. Oh yeah, I've, like I, they're I like celebrating. They're like celebrating their success. You know, they they worked like everything was fine and. Yep, with all the people at the hotel. There's another. There's a conversation that's happening. Well, somebody doesn't show up. I think it's that woman. So should we wait for her or wait for him? There's somebody that didn't show up to the dinner. I yeah, and that, that I like, actually no, deleted that line out of yeah. here. But that Strand is having a conversation with Oscar about that, and I think Strand's talking about you know wanting to leave the compound after he fortifies it and and stuff like that. And then that then the the mother of the bride didn't show up to the dinner. Um, and then it cuts back to Nick and the, the chick in his room, and we're assuming that they have sex. We didn't see. Yeah, but we'll learn from the next episode. <laughs> right. But, all right, that was episode 12 of Fear the Walking Dead. We're now going to get right into episode 13. Yeah, episode 13 is called Pillar of Salt. All right. This episode starts off pretty. It was with a little Mexican family. It's a the the guy's name was uh, Francisco. I remember this one. He is one of the that group of three. I'm pretty sure it was that woman. It was her brother and then Francisco, one of the first three to see Nick on the road. Yes, yes, and he was also one of the first people to have built that compound that they're all yeah. living in right there. He founded it. And he was leaving. He's saying it's not safe here anymore. He's taking his wife and his daughter. And yeah, trying to get out of there. And he was the one that, I think he's the one that was supposed to go trade with the Oxys. Too. Right. And once again, they cover themselves in walker guts. Yeah, they go out to their bus thing. But that bus thing is pretty genius, too, yes, the way they have is. that. It's pretty, yeah. It, and it, it's, it's, like, like the, we said, it's very effective. But the only thing, though, that I bothers me about that, sorry to cut you off, but remember when they were in the prison and the walkers were outside the fence? Yeah. They were always, the walkers were constantly trying to get in. Right. These walkers are just out walking around. These people live right here. There's a fence you can easily see through, and then there's just walkers just walking, walking around. around. Yeah. You know, in any other Walking Dead we've seen, they're always trying to get through that fence nonstop. So why are these walkers just not? I don't know. I wonder if it has anything to do with the level on which they're decaying. I don't understand. I know. It would be earlier, like, or even about the same time. I don't know. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, like the... Season three is when that happens when they're at the prison, but they're 
season two of Fear, I don't even think it's. They, I don't even think they've gotten to the season one of The Walking Dead yet. As far as I don't think that matters as far as the walkers go, but I don't, that's the only thing that, in my head, the only thing that seems to make sense. Oh, no, I don't see. To me, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that the walkers are not trying to get through that fence constantly. Right. Yeah, because they, they were having to deal with it constantly on the prison. They were always having to kill the walkers and having to take them off the fence. Like always. Yeah, they were going to clear them all the time. Even in, I guess you're right. Even in fear, when they were down there, the, and the water I, yeah, coming the off water. the beach, like it. For some reason, these specific walkers just don't care. Like, there's people living feet right away from them, and they're yeah. just not doing shit about it. Like, hmm. that's Good just point. not that's not what a typical walker does. So I, I just don't about I that. don't understand it. I just thought of it now. I didn't. <clears throat> so they get captured by the drug were, cartel. People. Yeah, by the drug cartel that ran the grocery store thing, and they were looking for the oxies. Um, <coughs> they, they take what's his name? Francisco. 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 They take him and. Are back to the back to the store or the, their compound, I guess. Yeah, we don't really see them. Like, we just know that like, they're looking through his back. There's packs, and he goes, "I don't." He's like, "You look familiar." He goes, "Oh no, you don't know me. I don't know." He's like, "No, I think I do know you." And then he's like, "They're just being dicks, like, looking for the drugs in their backpacks, I think." And then they take them somewhere. We didn't know it right away, but we imagine they're taking them to the store. Right. So then we get we see we get our answer. We see Ophelia with the truck. Yep. Which took me by surprise because I didn't remember that about the last episode. And I was like, "Is that Ophelia?" I was like, "Holy shit!" Right. Because I totally forgot. Um, she's arrived at some facility with a hammer. Yeah, like she just went to the back of the truck and just pulled a hammer out. Which it kind of looked like a resort of some sort, like a nice, super nice hotel. It resort. did. It made me laugh because that walker was just like in the courtyard, but there's just pretty flowers all over the place, and she was just yeah. kind of chilling there. And I don't know. I love I love the thought of walkers just chilling in like weird places like that. Like it always takes me back to that episode where Carl. Was and they're in the mud. Yeah, the the walker was He's completely stuck in the, in the mud. mud, just standing there, like it's looking like, well, off fuck. in the distance. And it was so <laughs> funny, like because Carl then just begins to poke it and prod it with a stick and throw rocks at it. And then he's like, "Oh fuck! Like <laughs> I'm here for a reason, and I want you." Like, and it just was funny, like to think about this walker strolling the hallways with all these pretty flowers and stuff, just until somebody showed up that was worth feeding the pigeons and then it's like, ooh. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I think the, the funny of brain dead things like that just. I don't know why this made me think of this, but I'm going to say something about Supergirl. Okay. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's supposed to be John Jones, but it's, what's his name? Oh, in the show? Hank Henshaw. Hank Henshaw. There's an epi- episode two where there's that bug creature that eats that certain stuff. Okay, yeah. And he goes, he's hungry, huh? And then he looks at the camera and he goes, let's serve him some dinner. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what? I was like, how cheesy can that possibly be? Like, Oh, Supergirl is cheesy, but it, you have to watch it. Serve him some dinner. <laughs> Serve him some dinner. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's going to be in the next clip, in the next nerd clips from I'm fine next with year. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, that's completely irrelevant to the show, but she goes in there and starts killing some walkers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, like she's on a mission. Like she's there for a reason. Like right. She knew that place. Like you could just tell she knew the place before we saw her flashback. But Yeah, some sort of beach, beach resort. resort. Yeah. Um, she's with a white man who looked surprisingly like in Ryan from the office. Yeah, <laughs> this is a flashback. Um, she'd been there before, and she was with some guy who was like proposing to her. And like I said, she, this guy looked like he could have been Ryan's brother from the office. I don't know what that guy's name. T. T. J. Something. Bowback. Yeah. That he he looked just like him, yeah. and it was crazy. But um, T. 
TJ Novak. That's Novak. Okay, yeah, that's what it is. TJ Novak. And he was like an executive producer on the show or a yeah. writer of The Office or something like that. But he looked just like it could have been his friggin' brother. But uh, she was siphoning gas from a truck, not her truck. Yeah, so at first I thought it was the truck that she took, but then she was driving it later, so I didn't understand. Right, yeah, so she was siphoning gas, which I, I, I don't think I could siphon gas. I guess if you had to, you'd have to, but I don't, it just looked disgusting. Well, yeah, it's disgusting, but I'd rather get gas than have to walk. Yeah. Um, I would just make sure that no matter what situation arise, I would try to find one of those things that did it for you. Right. Well, it shows, so it shows her doing that, and it, uh, and it shows back to the hotel, and people are there fishing. It's like they're watering plants, like a garden. Right. Everybody, like, strands, like, kicking back, laughing. Like, it's like they're having, being happy. Like, it's, like, right. like normal. Like, they calm down for a minute. So then it cuts to Alicia at the beach, and at which point Lane was like, how much time has passed? Yeah, because it seems like they're so settled. You yeah, know? it's pretty weird. And it, it didn't say how much time has been has passed, but, I mean, maybe a couple days. Like, I guess you when you got to get something going, been you got to get weeks, something going. Like, yeah, know, it could have been. Um, Walking Dead's notorious for jumping ahead. But they usually tell you how far ahead they're jumping, or they state it right in the episode. But they seem. Yeah, but it just showed Alicia chilling on the beach with some dude, like they were surfing. Like she had a wetsuit on, and it's pretty weird. What a time to surf when you yeah, just yeah. put a fuckload of walkers in the ocean. Yeah, you ain't gotta worry about the sharks in there. You worried about those fucking walkers? They're dead bodies. They float. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I, I still until they get waterlogged. I still sink. would love to see a ravenous eating of somebody underwater. Yeah. Not many people have gone this season as far as walker deaths. But I feel like that's to come with fear. Yeah, we'll see. Fear the Walking Dead is so different. Somebody's going to die. Uh, somebody could already be dead, but we'll get to that at the end. Well, and then we do find out for sure that, that Nick and that woman are sleeping together. They're in the bed. Right. Um, they, they make a plan to go find Francisco and his family. Yeah, because they find out that he left and uh, Alejandro is pissed. Yes, he certainly was. Um, then it cuts back over to uh, the hotel room with Strand and all of them, and they hear a knock on the door. And, Strand... it, and before, right before this, they were like celebrating and laughing. Like right, they hear a knock at the door. Strand goes to answer the door and is stabbed by the bride's mother. The bride's mother says, "You killed my daughter. It's your fault." She's losing her mind or something. She is, yeah, because Strand wasn't even there. Why would she? Why would she assume that? But I, I'm assuming here's the way I understood is that maybe she was hoping that Elena was going to answer the door. You yeah. just stabbed the first person who ever answered it, whether it was Elena or not. It happened to be Strand, and now Strand is fucking in some pain. Like Walking Dead's always said, it's not the walkers you need to fear, it's the other people. Yep, fight the dead, fear the living. Um, and then uh, the guy, the guy, I guess he was a vet or something. I don't know. There's never seems to be a doctor. It always seems to be somebody like a pharmacist. Yeah. Somebody that was a veterinarian or something. I, know, I didn't catch what they said he was, but I was curious. He was something, but uh, he was patching him up and he was Herschel saying... Herschel was a vet. Yeah. He was saying that he was losing blood and he can't do a blood transfusion, so there's a medication out there that Replaces. can replenish red blood cells. So right. that's what they need. So Madison's saying, well, I'll go get it. And Helena says, but they're like, they're like, oh, there's nobody, no place around here. She goes, everything has been looted. And, right. But then Helena is like, I know a place. Like, it's a bit of a drive. But it's and worth it. Like, you gotta get something, gotta try. And what place is this, you ask? And then we, because we, we came to the conclusion, we were like, oh shit, will they meet next community? We thought it was gonna be that supermarket, because she was like saying, oh, my, my, our cousin or his brother left and went to join this group and this, this warehouse thing, she said. And right. That supermarket. So this is this is interesting. This is how the group's going to get reunited, I think. Somehow. Um, 
Madison decides to take to make the mother um to make the mother of the bride a prisoner for stabbing strands. And we don't know her name, so that's what we're calling her. Yeah, the mother of the bride. Um, like pretty much locking her up like in real life. Mm-hmm. Um she's yeah, which we which we agreed with because you'd get you'd get jailed for stabbing somebody in real life, so why not put the person who's the least stable mentally right. away? And even even the the groom Oscar, he agreed. That's his mother in law. In law, technically, so yeah, because that's ridiculous. You can't just go stabbing people. Like, there's gonna be repercussions. Like, absolutely, Rick would have killed the bitch. Oh yeah, Rick. We're always telling ourselves in this show, like Rick wouldn't have let that happen. Yeah, Rick would have done this. Rick, would, but it's not Rick. So also, yeah, and also this is taking place before Rick even woke up from his coma, so we don't even know. This early in the apocalypse, if Rick was handling these same situations, he might not have done it. But now, Rick wouldn't let any of this shit slide. So that's well, even two seasons in. Yeah, that's 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 true. By season three, Rick was a total badass. All right, now like I said, Alejandro is pissed, and uh, he's giving a speech to the community, just a typical, "I'm the leader. Nobody can be leaving." He's did like, they have subtitles for that? I don't remember. I don't think they did because I was like, I was like, what the fuck? It pissed me off because he was just speaking Spanish and we didn't have any idea what he was saying. But he was giving a, a mad. It's just pretty much like, you know, don't you can't be leaving. He's like, we're still a community. He goes, you got to trust me. You got to have faith in me. He's trying to keep because the people are getting scared and worried. And right. I think even Nick refers to it later. He's saying people are worried. Like, you know, they. He's just trying to keep his stronghold. Like he's trying to. Absolutely. Keep it cemented, but... He's not as crooked as we thought he was, but he's still weird. As far as we know, I still think there's something about him. I really hope they don't involve immunity to Walker Bites in the show. Yeah. Because it's not... It wouldn't make sense, but... I I don't don't know. There has to be... If they do, they had better give me a goddamn good reason. Damn straight. Because uh, I I I don't know if I like that that much. I mean, we've had... 150, almost 160 issues of the comic book, and never once has that ever been a thing. Right. Until we get the only thing that is not, ha, has no source material, and all of a sudden it could possibly be a possibility. Which well, is well, weird to me. As far as I know, people aren't immune to infection. Right. So I just don't, whatever. But he pretty much says, ultimately, is no one can leave until I say so. Right. You know, he's saying, nobody leaves this place unless I give you the say so. So, cut back to Madison and Elena. Yep, they're going to the supermarket, and Elena has a brother there. Which, this is what they decide they're going to go. So they go on this little drive. Um, they're going to the same place, and they're going to trade that that Nick and their, their community trade drugs with. Yeah, like they pull up to it, and it's exactly the same as when Nick and that woman pulled up when Nick first showed up and yep, he stole and that got, Twinkie thing. They've got a cooler full of fish and ice. Fish and ice. They won't let Oscar enter the building, which seems peculiar. Like yeah, like oh, it's like oh, not not you, just them. And he like gives them that look, like what are you gonna do about it? Like yeah, it's pretty weird. Like I said, Rick, like Rick, not would have not let that happen. He was <laughs> like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick would have been in there. Yeah, he's like, Rick would have taken that place. Yeah, he's like, excuse me. <laughs> what? He would have licked his lips. I fucked the camera, and then that, those people would have been dead. For sure. What? Now the brother, the brother comes up. He's the one that like and they let him in. And then they, they're standing there, and she puts the cooler thing on the table. We didn't know what it was at this point. But the brother walks up, and he's like, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. And she goes, your brother misses you. 
and uh, like he's like well, she's like what do you got what is like and she goes in Madison we just need this on this sheet that's all we need like, right and, like he opens the thing up and he sees the fish and the ice and he says the fish is good but the ice is better can you get more now I believe this will be issues for them later because for some reason they seemed very prone keen to having ice yeah probably he said, for wounds and right and he said that she said that yes all the ice you can ever want. Yeah, it's a hotel. I imagine they have ice maker. Yes, but it's only but ran. It it's only ran by that generator that mm. they're running. Yeah. You know I mean, so they have as much ice as they have gasoline in my eyes. Yeah, but where's the water? Do they still have running water? Like... I guess I don't. I don't really know. Maybe they're getting it from the ocean. They're boiling the salt out. And... Uh, maybe. I have no idea. It's the only way I can see it happening. I don't. I doubt they have fresh water. Unless their plumbing system runs off electricity. Now I said uh, he's very confident those drug cartel won't be able to get to them. This now we kind of skipped this, but this is um, Alejandro. Yes. Nick was talking to him. What if they come here? What if they come searching for the drugs? He goes, Oh, they can't get here. He goes, With our, our with our terrain, with our location, and we, with our defenses. He goes, There's no way. Like, you know. Oh, he, okay. He seemed so very confident that they were safe at that place. Like, okay, I must have missed that. Yeah. Um, Maddie and Elena can hear them interrogating Francisco. Like, they don't know it's Francisco, but we do. Cause, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, and then they hear him mention a gringo, which is like an American. like a Right. And she, uh, of course, uh, for the first thing she thinks when she hears gringo is, oh, it, it has to be Nick. He had a ratty hair. Yeah. They were gringo with ratty hair, and she goes, she fucking busts in there just without any fucking <laughs> discretion whatsoever. She could have got shot. She could have. stupid. She's an idiot. So uh, they are talking about her son. She doesn't know for sure. She has a feeling, but we do know that they are. And um, Madison is, like, freaking out. She's like, I need to know my fucking... Who are you talking about? And that Francisco and his family are not... That he's like, don't say anything. Right. Because he doesn't know that Madison... Now, I did notice that during this during this whole thing, we didn't take any, any notes on this part, but during this whole thing, Alicia is helping Strand... Um, heal by keeping pressure on the wound so he doesn't bleed out or lose yeah. a lot of blood and um, he has a, she has a conversation with him about Madison and, and her relationship and stuff like that I just Strand, didn't care about that part so yeah and Strand kind of says something like oh don't let her don't let her not notice you and all that stuff because she's going to become obsessed with finding Nick right so I don't think it really involves too much besides Alicia's character development which who cares uh, whatever so well, I guess we're back to Ophelia. She's got some more flashbacks with her mother. I think she's in her no. mother's house. Nick, oh. Nick is going to leave with some guy. Sorry. Like, Nick was talking like a he, he's a guy that's always up on top of one of the towers, the sniper towers. Okay, yeah. And he was talking to him about it. He goes, we're going to go do this tonight. we got to go rescue Francisco because Nick is not about to let that. Like, And he's like, oh, you typical Americans, you always got to always gotta help when, even if we don't want it. And he goes, I just care. Yeah. And then, um, this is where they say Strand is close to death. So this is right there. What yeah, I just like he was saying like Strand is dying. Like he's really close because like, he was sweating so much and right. He needs to be hot, but um, then this is the point where the drug cartel comes up over the over the horizon and finds Nick's community. Yeah, Nick's like looking out on top of the building and like uh, it's almost like he can see something. Like he's making it look like he can see something. Right. But then it shows you they're like looking through binoculars right at them. So. Oh yeah. So much for the theory for Alejandro. They can't find this fucking place. <laughs> it's gonna be trouble next episode. 
Um, so like I said, more back to Ophelia, more flashbacks with her mother. I think, was she at her mother's house? That where she was at? I think so. I'm not sure. They didn't really had, specify. Like, a flashback about them, and they talked about her father and things like that. So about love and stuff, because she she had just been proposed to, and she their parents didn't know yet. So I think she was trying to find a way to, because she would have to leave them. She was going to go live in Mexico or something or somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she was in the truck. She was just thinking about it. And she had like that cross yeah. necklace and or her uh, rosary beads. Yeah. Um. So Madison and them get they get back from the from the cartel grocery store and it's pretty dark outside. Yeah, like it's like nighttime already. Like, and they turn on the uh, the generator and this this produces a really stupid thing on Madison's part. Yeah, she turned it on so the lights on the hotel would light up. Right. Because it's huge and you're gonna see it. And she goes, "Well, Nick's gonna see it." And like, like Alicia's like, "So the fuck is everybody else?" Like. Yeah. Right. You're gonna you're drawing attention to everybody in the nearby vicinity, and that's that's just bad news on everybody's part. I get to see Rick be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Rick would have immediately... He'd have blown it up. What the fuck, are you stupid? <laughs> so, Travis is then seen... Well, we didn't see it from... We saw the back of some guy's head, and he's yeah, looking at the hotel. And it was revealed to be Travis. He's, Man, he has a gnarly beard. He's, yeah, he's got a gnarly beard. So time beard. must have passed a little bit. like. Yeah, a couple weeks at least. Yeah. And... Because, uh, I mean, I ain't growing a beard like that in five days. Yeah. But who knows? I can't remember how scruffy he was at first. I don't remember. Not that bad. It was like a thick beard, though. Like, but it's also worthy to mention that he seems to be alone. Yeah, it didn't seem like uh, Chris was with Chris. him. Chris, yep. Where's new Carl, I wrote. Because so, the uh, last time we saw them is they were at that farm, and uh, Chris killed that old man yep. that was trying to defend his land. So maybe Chris stayed behind. Maybe Travis was like, fuck, like... I, don't I have know. a sneaking suspicion due to the Walking Dead's way of writing that we won't see Chris for a while. I'm okay with that. I don't like him. Yeah, he sucks. But, but uh, so yeah, maybe there, you know, Travis is gonna go there. And this was episode what? This is episode twelve. Thirteen. 13. So we got three more episodes to the finale. So four total or three total? This, if this was thirteen, then there should be three more. Three more. You said three more until the finale, so that would seem like there's three more and then there's the finale. Oh, no, no, no. So, yeah, three total. So two more and then the finale. Yes. So, yeah, that's it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's, that's a couple weeks from now. That puts us to, let's see, 25th, 2nd. That'll put the us ninth. to the 9th, October 9th. And then when does Walking Dead air? What's Walking the date Dead this year? will air two Sundays from that the 23rd the 23rd oh, so I cannot wait we have like a whole two week break in between what a way to do it thank god they figured out a nice form well when, when they first were coming out for The Walking Dead we were hoping it would be like this yes and I'm glad that it was because we were saying I was like well man they gotta do it to where we pretty much have Walking Dead all the time yeah there was what uh, maybe two make a whole month between Fear the Walking Dead mid-season finale and I hate the breaks man yeah, the breaks Especially suck, in Walking but... Dead. It's so long. Because like, in Walking Dead, it's like from December to fucking February or some shit like that. Yeah, it's a long it's time. So long. Well, no, yeah, we've got... Let's see. If it airs on the 23rd, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or eight. So uh, December 11th. That's my birthday. So on my birthday will be the last episode of The Walking Dead for the year. And then it'll probably be back February sometime. Two whole months. Ugh. Somewhere around Valentine's Day. Sometimes it's almost like that is longer. Probably February 12th or 19th, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And 
it's going to be ridiculous. But there's a lot of stuff happening. We get we're going to have Fear the Walking or I'm sorry, we're going to have regular Walking Dead. It'll be over in December. All right, and then like literally the next podcast after that, we're going to be able to talk about Rogue One. So that'll be awesome. We're going to have a huge Star Wars episode again for that episode. That'll be that'll be awesome. And then somewhere after that, well, the very next week after that is Christmas Day. Christmas Day is on Sunday. So somewhere in that week before before the New Year's Eve, something like that, we're going to try to do our Happy Nerd Year Spectacular, which we're planning now. We'll keep you guys posted on that as things happen. But the real reason we're all here is for the Superman Doomsday Special. And we're going to go ahead and start that right now. Superman Doomsday. Book, the book is titled Death of Superman, actually. Yeah, Death of Superman. This will be in part with our... I guess we're not really calling them that anymore, but I was calling them like the counterparts versus, but this is like hardly even... Yeah, the book and the movie were so different. We'll discuss the book a little bit, but then we're, we're, we got good notes for the movie, and we'll, we'll tell you a little bit of things that are different, but we're not going to go into super detail about the, the book. Right, no. It's uh, seven issues in, in one book just put together. Now, it's really old. Here, let me see this real quick. I, I'll find out what year this stuff came out. Cause it, uh, it was such a thrill ride to read this book. I loved it. Now, we all know who Doomsday is. He's From the new movie we saw, He's it's a quite a different adaptation of whom Doomsday is. Lex Luthor created him from Zod's body, blah, blah, blah. In this, it was a he's a creature sent from Krypton. You know, it was in uh, Jor-El's notes. Here's what it is. It says, It was originally published in a single magazine form in Superman the Man of Steel, number 17 through 19, Superman number 73 through 75, The Adventures of Superman 496, 497, Action Comics 683, 684, and Justice League of America 69. Um, Copyright 1992-1993. So I was two years old, three years old when these came out. Yes. And the artwork is old, but it's so good. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Like, the dialogue is so weird, though, like, because, like, it is so old. Yeah. And it's, I think, speaking of that real quick, I saw a thing, and it said, uh, Marvel comics are so old that a stiff dick meant the same thing as being straight with me. Oh, yeah. And it showed uh, Iron Man's, like, it looks like you need a straight, you need a stiff dick from Iron Man. <laughs> and then Captain America was like, maybe I do. Maybe. <laughs> it was just weird. Interesting. But that was back when, like, gay meant happy. You know, like, things are so different. But we're going to go... We'll do a quick summary of the book. Just like, a little brief over it for you, and then we'll talk about the movie and then add some differences. Um, the book starts off immediately with Doomsday trying to break out of his cage. Now, you see a lot about this uh, when you hear about Doomsday, saying that he beat the Justice League with one arm. 
This yes. is what you see. He's in this weird green costume, like he was in a prisoner. And he's like punching the cell, and you can see, like the whole thing of Doomsday is that he gets stronger and he adapts to things. Because see, the, see, it starts off like this. His horns are not out of his sleeve. Right. Every time he punches it, they get bigger. Yeah. Bigger, just bigger, break, bigger. His bones just come protruding out of his body. So like he's just, he's adapting. It's showing you how well he adapts. Like, like look how tiny they are here, and then look how fucking big they are there. Yeah. Just keeps going, and they're huge. But in the book, you know, it just, yeah, he just breaks out and he just starts going on a rampage. He starts Pretty killing much. deer and birds and. Now, now, like Lane said, that you know he beat the Justice League, tied you know with an arm tied behind him. But this isn't the Justice League that you think it is. This is like the B Squad Justice League. It's like yeah, Blue it's Beetle, Booster Gold, the uh, Fire and Ice Girls, uh, red, that red guy, that red Bloodwind. Bloodwind, he's cool. Yeah, he's basically like Martian Manhunter. So, I mean, he wasn't fighting Wonder Woman in The Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg. And there's Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, but he's not a lantern. He's just got the same powers as a lantern. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's pretty weird. Yeah, it's hard to tell where this exactly takes place because Alexander Luther's in it, but it's not the same Alexander Luther from Crisis. It's, no, yeah, he's got It's like hard to pinpoint this, this storyline. Now, I mean, I'm sure that you comic junkies out there who have been reading for years and years and years... Oh, have, you'll know exactly. Yeah, you'll know right where we're at, but this... We're so new to this whole genre. This right. is like a... It was definitely worth reading. It was oh, really, absolutely. Really cool. I recommend the graphic novel to anybody. They sell it at Walmart. You can buy it at any of your local bookstores, I imagine. Yep, and, the, and it comes with the movie. Yeah, in Blu-ray um, and DVD. Blu-ray and DVD in the back. So we, we read all of this... Lane actually has this issue, The Death of Superman. The last one. It's unopened, sealed up. Yeah, so that is pretty cool. And I'm wearing my Death of Superman shirt that I got from Lane. But, uh, like I said, this she starts off with him busting out and Doomsday, and he's wreaking havoc. And he eventually comes across the Justice League. Superman's like, there's like a subplot going on with these these ground dwellers. They live down in the, in the depths. The underlings or whatever they're called in this... This uh, little boy, he's like, oh, Superman has saved me so much. He's like, they have my mother, and it's it's weird. But uh, Superman saves the day. You know, he goes and beats up their machine that they were going to use to take over the surface. Typical mole people taking over the surface dwellers. But uh, that was just a tiny little subplot. But then he's given, like, an interview on TV trying to reach out to the kids, I guess. And they were showing it in high schools. And Superman, during his interview is when the Doomsday starts fighting against the Justice League. Like I said, the B-listers, I guess you could say. And so he comes across him. He's just beating the piss out of these people. Like, like they really don't stand a chance at all. You know, we, we see Booster Gold, which Booster Gold is pretty cool. You know, like, his powers are derived from his futuristic suit and stuff. And then there's so many... There's a lot of... Like, I never heard of Bloodwind... There's the ice woman, the fire woman, and then there's that green woman. The blue beetles in it, but they get yeah, they're like the the fire and ice twins, but her powers like green. Which well, that was where my confusion came from. Remember when I talked to you about Green Lantern yeah. being yellow? It looks more yellow than it does green, but it's still green, sort of. Guy Gardner. Like his ring is yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And when they have like, and she's got like green powers, so like I was like I was confused, but his his power. She has some weird psychic ability of some sort. Yeah, it's pretty weird. But this this artwork is incredible. Like, oh, it's, it's so, absolutely. I mean, you can tell it's probably been recolored from the original. Yeah. But like, it's still beautiful. 
No, he he just beats the piss out of everybody. Like like they're nothing. And they're like they they make a comment even that oh he's faster than the Flash. And I'm like eh. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Uh, I don't know. It depends on which iteration of the Flash existed during this time. If it was Wally or if it was Barry. Cause even so. Yeah, regardless, I'm not saying that it's, it's wrong. but That's just a ridiculous assumption. It is a pretty ridiculous assumption. So Superman shows up to fight. and It's like the, the way this battle goes in, this, in the book is like they fight a little bit. Doomsday takes off, starts running, and then they find him again. They battle a little bit more. Like right. it was very, they just all get so fucked up in the process. I guess his ring is yellow. See right here. That's weird, though. It doesn't know, make any it's sense. Crazy. He's not a yellow lantern, is he? No. No, because they, they said that he's... Uh, but, I mean, it's not entirely yellow, because if you look at Booster Gold, Booster Gold's like... That's yellow. That's yeah. yellow. That's like... It's like a weird green yellow. I don't even know. It's pretty strange. That's what I was confused about when I asked you. I was like, why has he got a yellow ring? Like, we'll look up more about Guy Gardner. I don't know a lot about him. He He's probably the, the green lantern that I know least about, to yeah. be honest. Alan Scott, I don't know much about him either. Yeah, he's from another universe. He's the original Green Lantern. Right. He, well, has, he has a Green Lantern from a different... He had from a meteor instead of having it from... Uh, which one is the JSA? I think that's that's him, Alan Scott. Alan maybe. Scott. There's a strong rumor out there that Alan Scott might appear in Legends of Tomorrow. Because I know Alan Scott's daughter, she's like a lantern, but she has like the power in, imbued within her. Mm. And then uh, him, her and... Uh, my favorite, uh, Kyle, Rayner. Kyle Rayner are together. Oh, okay, interesting. That's something I didn't know. So Doomsday is like, and throughout the book, he's continuing like his his suit is just more like, like coming apart. And he finally gets his other arm free because he needs it for Superman apparently. <laughs> and then, pretty much the rest of the Justice League, these people get taken down, and it's just Superman and Doomsday. Yep, and they fight while well, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane are up in a helicopter covering the whole thing. There's also a thing with, um, what's the name of that company? I don't know. Um, it's, Cadmus, it, Project Cadmus. Yeah, and it's like, they're making it sound like they created Doomsday. Like, oh, because like, yeah, they, they're responsible for all those other underdwellers or whatever. Yeah, so they think, they don't know, but they think that they created Doomsday, which is not true. No. This, this by by no means is there any... Um, Indication on Doomsday's origins from this book. No, like that's very vague. But Doomsday, Doomsday is just brutal. This and, and like I said, it was Supergirl and then Alexander Luther. Which, yeah, and which she is, and she wanted to go. She wants to go help Superman the whole time, but Lex is like so against her doing that. Yeah, and this isn't like Alexander Luther from the Crisis, where he has the positive and antimatter inside of him. This is Lex's son, which I think is who. Uh, in Batman vs Superman, he was supposed to represent. That's who was representing. Uh, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg was supposed to be this guy, apparently. Suppo yeah, and supposedly, th there's a rumor that that still could be a thing. Now, this is confusing. I Did think he that kill her? there must be a fake Supergirl or something, because look what she turns into. Okay. Yeah, I was so confused by that scene. He I bashes like Supergirl, and she turns into like, this, like sludge. Sludge, and then she turns into like a purple alien. But it did not reiterate what exactly happened. Yeah, she says that he must be some kind of alien. See, but she has to be something. I don't think that's the real Supergirl. I think it's some type of clone or something. Because why would she look like that? That's weird. Right. <laughs> you guys, you have weird. to pick up this book and read it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely worth it. And then they get to the very end scenes with Superman. And, you know, he fights... fights if, if you've seen BBS, if you've seen... Superman Doomsday, the animated film. If you've you know if you've even read this book, then you know exactly what scenes we're talking about. Brutal fight, 
between Superman and Doomsday. Super, the artwork of Superman. Superman looks fucking badass in this. Like. He sure does. Like, and it was it was it was so intense reading this. Even though the artwork was so old, it just seems so. That's what made it good. Like it, it made it so good, and it made it so much realer than comic books now. Like not that right. the artwork now isn't amazing. But this just felt so almost but, nostalgic. But that's the same with me from when I watched Dragon Ball Z and then Dragon Ball Super or GT. Like Dragon Ball Z was all hand drawn, absolutely, and it was beautiful. I love it. Like it, the the animation now is better, but it sometimes it's not. It's just different. Right, and you can tell that back in the '90s they were they were hand drawing these comics and putting them into book format. And the intensity. Now, and now they're drawing them on tablets and, and and sending them off that way. So like. You know, and it's 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 good, but it's just not it's not it's not the same to me. Yeah, it doesn't have the same amount of like what's the word I'm looking for intensity or like I don't know I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's almost like, like it's too cartoony now. Like yeah, well, I mean, like the, like the artwork that's coming out for like Rebirth is insane, but it's just not. But yeah, I mean, if you and if you read this issue and you're not having a little bit of tears in your eyes by the end of it, uh, Superman's just like thinking to himself and he's beating this thing to a pulp and they. Those last two, they both punch each other to death. Yeah. The last punch, they both hit each other at the same time, and they both die. Right. Die with quotation marks. And that, and that's another thing is that that this this book had thought bubbles. You know, what I mean, yeah, I haven't saw. seen thought bubbles in comics in a long time. Like, I'm I'm sure they still exist, but like now they just have like a little box that indicates which character is thinking out loud or thinking in their head. Yeah. And it just shows you their inner monologue as they as they're going. So that that's that's interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna. There's hardly any comparison to the movie. Very little. Like, so I mean, the movie the movie is split into basically two stories. Yeah, because like the whole death of Superman was like the first fifteen twenty third minutes. of the movie, if that. Like yeah. the first half, first quarter of the movie. Like, not that it wasn't intense. It was. Super oh, it was great. Awesome, <laughs> it was great, but, but like, it happened so fast. Like there was no other Justice Leaguers. The the way they found Doomsday was different. Yeah. You know, so we'll we'll get into more of that. We have notes for it. Right. So the the opening monologue was cre- was by Lex Luthor. Not Alexander Luther, just Lex, bald yeah. Lex Luther. Um, this movie is very loosely based off the death of Superman. Yeah, but Draft very, novel. very strong words onto loosely. Yes. Um, so there's a digging crew. They're digging two miles under the surface of Earth, and they find what looks like a spaceship. They're working for Lex. Lex is doing whatever. He, you know, he's always trying to find a way to beat Superman. Whatever. I don't. It doesn't really go into too much exactly why he's there. Right. He's just doing typical shady ass Lex Luthor shit. <laughs> right. And then it cuts to Superman. He's in the Fortress of Solitude with. Um, Lois. Lois Lane, and he's trying to cure cancer, which he cannot do. It's funny, like the exact scene is like a, she, the, the ro- he has like this robot assistant. He walks up and he's like, "Have you cured cancer yet, Kal-El or whatever?" He goes, "It's like, man, I can create a dwarf star out of some whatever alloy." He goes, "And I can do whatever with the black hole." And he was like doing all, saying all these ridiculous things that he can do, but he's like, "But I can't fucking cure cancer." Like, <laughs> right? It's just funny. Um. So Supes is trying to cure. Oh yeah, I already said that. And then he Lois Lane approaches him and says, "What is she she's saying?" A, she's like that? in a towel, and then she he goes, he goes, "You mean you need to dry off and or something?" He goes, oh she yeah, goes, she's what are you complaining do? about she's complaining about being cold. Yeah, she goes, "What are you gonna?" Do? And I was like, "It's not about you need to warm up." He's like, "What are you gonna do? Use your heat vision on me?" And he goes like, "No, just X-ray vision." <laughs> Player, total yeah, he's, sexual in the window. Now it's weird. Because it doesn't seem like she doesn't. He, she, she, Lois does not know that he's Clark Kent right now in, in right. this movie. And the, which, and the movie, the movie starts out kind of like we're, with him saying as Clark Kent, like, "Oh, I'm going to Afghanistan," which is weird. You know, like I don't understand how you can, how can you be banging Superman, 
and not realize that Clark Kent is Superman. Like, right. Now, the typical person, like they say, on oh, Supergirl. Like, I love the way that uh, Jim Olsen, Jimmy, James Olsen puts it in perspective. He goes, it is just glasses, but nobody expects there to be a hero among their myths. Like, right. they're not looking too hard at Clark Kent. Like, right. You know, it's he very obviously is Superman, but people aren't looking, they're not thinking he is. Like, they're not looking at him to be Superman. Right. You know, because not, he's so powerful and so... Yeah, and he's just, you know, like, they're... That's why, like, with the meeting with her and Cat, Cat Grant, she's saying, "Oh, she's like, well, she's gonna recognize me." She's like, "She barely looks at you now." Like, you know, people don't look at you. As, right. Absolutely. So, like, uh, so, See, that, but, but, but somebody banging right. Superman, you'd think it'd be different. You know, like she knows yeah. Superman. She's been. She knows his voice. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, how do you not know the same person? I, I think he can change things like that. Like he can make his voice deeper. Like, like I've said in multiple episodes, I've seen, I've heard on graphic novels where he actually shrinks his body down. Right. Which is crazy. That's that so is crazy. Cool. But talks about erections. No, I thought he said that. <laughs> but uh, we get back to the digging crew, and then we find out that they actually say it is a spaceship. They're like, oh, it's some type of spaceship. They're communicating with Lex, and uh, they puncture the ship trying to dig it out. Right. And steam just starts issuing out. Like it's just fucking poof, some crazy shit. And, yep. uh, and followed by an, uh, an alien hologram transmission. Um, that It's indiscernible what Salian is saying, but Lex seems to think that it's a warning of some sort. Yeah, because, I mean, like he's, Lex is one of the smartest people in the DC universe, so right. it's not a far stretch for him to be able to read the body, you know, the way the guy's acting. Like, he may not have understood what he's saying, but he understands the, the sediment. He knows... How people, how he would think. Right, the alien warning. didn't look that happy. <laughs> right, he's just a warning. Get out of there. Does he say get out of there? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Um, so Doomsday then just comes out of the ship and just starts fucking shit up immediately. Now, but he's not wearing that green outfit. Yes. From... He does not have a hand tied behind his back. He is not wearing the green outfit. He is just out and he is full scale Doomsday. He looks badass. He looks awesome. So he has like a head of hair. Like a mane? He has like a mane type he thing? He does. He's he huge. does in the comic book too, I guess. Yeah, he's humongous. In this. Yeah. And he just he just immediately just starts killing everything he sees. See, he did kill that deer though. That happened in that deer. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, couldn't kill. It was locked away. Now it's free. Like uh, Lex Luthor comes to the conclusion that he says, the only reason they would have locked it in a spaceship and sent it here or whatever, because that spaceship was some type of prison thing, I'm imagining. And right. then puncturing it fucked everything up. Right. And Lex was saying the only reason they would have done that is because they couldn't kill it. So whatever the hell they couldn't kill, they sent it here. Now they got to try to kill it. Like, right. So. And it shows him he just come across a deer and he just kills the deer just, just to kill the just deer. Just to kill it. Like he is just kills to kill. Simple as that. Like. Right. And we already reiterated that this doomsday. doomsday it's a lot was... like Kid Boo. Yeah. Not that Kid, Kid Boo would rape the shit out of Doom. But, oh, rega- but regardless, he, he has that same mindset. He's just strictly killing. Like, that's yeah, what for, makes him so dangerous. Is he just for no reason. does not care. And it doesn't. they never even really say what his aim is. He just is doing it to do it. Like, just because that's he doesn't what say he's, one he's word. imbibed with that mindset to kill just to kill. Yeah. And, and he, he looks dope. Super brutal. Yes, he did. And he was, was brutal as fuck. So brutal. I mean, like, he's like killing, breaking people's necks. Yep, and just uh, like a lot of the deaths were, it was cool. Like it, like it, it was like a step away from being a rated R film. I think like yeah, it was pretty damn close. Now they come, I guess. Um, when they were like, well, of course, you know, Lexus people are investigating that ship. I imagine, and 
they come to the conclusion that this is a genetically engineered to be an ultimate machine. It must destroy all life forms. Uh, who, who was the one talking about that? It was Lex's group, right? Yeah, I think so. They were saying that it was sent from... Oh, yeah, because it was in Jor-El's... Archives. Archives. Maybe the robot came... No, it was the robot. Okay. It, uh, the it, robot uh, was talking to Superman team. about it. He right. was saying that you know, his dad had... Zor- Jor-El, his dad had archives on it, and you're saying that he was genetically engineered to be like a, a war machine or some of some sort or nothing, but it had no humanity. It had no... You could, you could not physically control it. Right. It just killed to kill, which we already know. And now it's like... He was saying it, it must destroy life form. It must. Like, it has no choice. It has to, <laughs> which right. is dangerous. And it very quickly... Well, I guess it was born in Metropolis. I guess if you were right outside Metropolis somewhere, and it makes its way back to the city, and the army, of course, is attacking, and it's failing miserably. Yeah, they which... always send armies after things. Like, they did it in Dragon Ball Z against Cell. They sent an army after him. It didn't do a goddamn thing. Cell wiped him out. See, but at least in this movie, they're not dumb enough to realize that they, that they can't do anything. Like... It's not, it's not going to help them out. They're just going to maybe try and slow it down, and they're aware of that. Yeah, but there was a scene on a bridge, and this tank shot a missile at Doomsday, and Doomsday just runs right up to it, and it like, did slow motion right at the last second. Yep. And he just like punches the missile in midair, and like it was just so badass looking. Like, like that scene, the cinematography in it. Like, I guess, could you call animation cinematography? Like, Yeah, I mean, an animator, an animator, animation has a director. Yeah, so it was just... The scene was just beautiful. I loved it. It was yeah, badass. It was really cool. I couldn't find it on the internet anywhere, but if I do find it someday, we will post it on our fa- on our page. I'm going to make a gif out of it because it was dope. My exact words are, he punched a tank missile, and it was dope as motherfucking fuck. <laughs> because it was. You were just like, damn. Like, when I watch movies, and sh- I go, boom. Like, I get really into it. Like, fuck I just yeah. Like, yeah. We said boom about 58 times Yeah, it was during this fight. This fight was super intense. Like Lane said, it's almost on Dragon Ball Z scale. Like the fight, like the fighting was just like that, like punching through buildings and hitting into the earth, like it, like it, it was insane. Yeah. So Soup Soup's arrives on the scene, and he uses his freeze breath right off the bat, to right against Doomsday, and surprisingly, it does it solves him. I didn't for a I, second. I didn't think it was gonna do it. Yeah, for a second. I mean, he breaks out right, no problem, right away. Then it's just all about the hand to hand combat. That scene was cool too, though. Like when he was getting frozen, it was just like slowing, like. He was coming down to hit him, and then like it was just cool. Yeah, it was exactly really cool. what you'd expect from a freeze breath. Um, now they're now they're fighting hand to hand. He's taking hits and dishing them out, He's beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, like it, like Superman punches Doomsday, Doomsday punches Superman. It's just and the animation is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah it was just, Blu-ray just too. Sound so. waves bursting out of their their fists, you know, it's destroying things left and right. They're fucking up. Metropolis. Buildings, windows are busting out, and it's crazy. And I mean that a lot of that happened in the book too. It said like yeah. every time they punched, like the building, or the windows of this whole building behind them right. exploded out of there. Now we wrote in here it didn't happen like the book, which we already said. The Justice League, no, not one single other member of the JLA was in this movie whatsoever. Right. Which weird. is weird, but now it gets to where Doomsday does seem to have the upper hand. He, just like in the book, you know, he seemed to have the upper hand a couple times punching mm-hmm. Superman and um, Lois and Jimmy show up in helicopter to do their fucking thing because right. Lois has to be there and doesn't matter what's happening. Except in this case, Lois was flying the helicopter yeah. and Jimmy was taking pictures. So Superman gets punched into a building or something and then uh, Doomsday takes that opportunity to jump onto the helicopter. Oh, yeah. And somehow and Jimmy Olsen was able to kick him off. He kicked the window that was already breaking that his hand was holding. Oh, okay. And he didn't. He lost his grip. That's oh, what, I see. Cause like the, I yeah. thought he kicked 
Doomsday's hand. I'm no, like, he kicked. Like, he was holding a part that was broken. He just broke the window the rest of the way. Right, right. But then he grabs onto the foot, and then Superman jumps up and grabs him again, and then like he uses his heat vision to to cut off the foot of the helicopter, I guess, like the landing pads, whatever the hell they're called. Right. And they fall down. Um. Martha Kent is watching the fight. His uh, Superman's mom is sitting there watching because it's being televised on the news. And she's just sitting there watching it, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's Superman. Superman's gonna be just fine." Like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And in the book, it was uh, both Superman's parents. They were they were watching the fight, and they were like, "That's our son out yeah. there." But in the movie, I think uh, he's Martha. dead. Yeah, his dad is dead. Didn't say anything about his dad. No, but we're assuming he would be there otherwise. Yeah. Um, so Superman starts bleeding. Did you already say that? No. Superman starts bleeding. He's like he's like spitting blood out of his mouth, like a ton of it. Yeah, there was like one punch where like Doomsday got splattered with blood. Yeah, and you're like shit. Like Superman, damn, Superman's bleeding. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's not something you see very often. No. Um, so Superman then decides that it's time that that Doomsday gets his, and he takes him up into orbit. Flies Which was him up insane. so high, yeah, way out of the Earth, and then and then turns him around and starts. Flying right back into Earth, like and they're and on fire, like they're you on would fire. expect. He's punching them like crazy. You're fighting on their way back into, uh, back into orbit, and then, or back into the atmosphere, and then they slam Boom. Into, the, into the city. Like, creates a huge crater. Like, oh my Fuck god, yeah, it was destroys awesome. every building that it came in contact with. All them people were fucked up. They're dead. Yeah, like um, people died in this battle. There's no way around it. It zooms down on Doomsday, and his eyes, his are, face is twisted up. Yep, and, his eyes. They, they, the lights fade from his eyes, and that's that. And then right after that, you see the iconic scene from the Death of Superman cover. You see his cape his on cape, a stick. Yep, on a stick, just flying there. Superman is not. He comes walking out of the wreckage, and he lays. He's in, beat the piss too. Yep. He's way fucked up. He lays down in front of Lois, and he dies. She holds him, and yeah, just like in the book, that was pretty accurate. That yeah. last, that exact last part. But so then the movie then shifts. So see, that's technically where the book ended. Like that, that fight was real quick. It was great. Like, oh my god, it was good. But it was just quick. But then it's almost like it goes into a whole new movie. Yeah. Then 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 this begins. We'll work. We're redeeming Superman Returns because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And this is something we don't have any source material to base off of, so we're just going to cover the the last bit of the movie here. Now the movie that this probably takes place about twenty minutes in the movie, and the movie is an hour and what. 17 minutes or something. Yeah, so we got another fuckload of time where we're dealing with this instead. So Superman returns, same movie. Um, everyone is distraught about Superman's death except for Lex. Of course. Um, there's a Superman funeral. They have the iconic Superman, that big black Superman tombstone thing. Yep. And this is what the point. There's no one in the, from the Justice League Still. of America there at all. <laughs> Um, Lois decides that it's time to go talk to Martha after they've said that Clark has not returned to work from Afghanistan. Because she also realized that Martha was at Superman's funeral, and she right. looked a little bit more sad than everybody else. Right. So I think she deduced that, oh, shit. Like, so she's going to drive out to Smallville and talk to Martha. Mm-hmm. And that, that conversation goes as you'd expect. She just sees Lois as a as a reporter, and she goes, well, me and your son have a relationship. And like, they end up being friends and having tea together and just talking about everything. And meanwhile, crime has risen in Metropolis. Lex is pissed that he didn't finish off soups. Yeah, like, there's the one problem he has with Superman dying is that he's not the one that did it. Like, right. He inadvertently caused it. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't, he wanted to be the one. He, he wanted to, yeah. 
So Lex shoots his assistant. Soups punches a hand out of a gra- out of his grave um, to save Lois from Toy Man. Yeah, like I mean, we kind of like. There's a lot that happened. Like uh, she was saying that yeah, none of the none of the workers are going to say anything. He goes, "Good, neither will you." Boom, shoots her. And then yeah. during this time, uh, Toy Man's attacking the town because everybody feels they can because Superman's not around. Right, and then all of a sudden, yeah, a Superman comes out. Of the grave, of supposed the, of grave. The, yeah, of the grave and saves Lois. Um, and he's back and he's acting like nothing ever happened. Yeah, he's acting a little weird. Yeah, it's pretty strange. So then he, he flies over to Lex Luthor and he confronts him. And he's like, Luthor? And then Luthor puts him in some sort of room full of red solar energy. Red, red solar, solar lamps. And he has a kryptonite gloves. He beats the shit out of Superman. Fuck yeah, he does. See, at this point, you think that it's real Superman, you know. Right. Then it is determined... That he is a clone from Superman's real body. He is the real body. Superman in some type of Lex went down chamber. to the battle scene and took blood. Superman's blood and cloned him. Now, we did assume that he did have Superman's real body for a brief period of time, locked in some sort of... Um, Something. Yeah, some sort of... He was suspended in some sort of energy, whatever you want to call it. Um, not long after that was when they figured out... That when when Luther was looking at his security footage, that there was a lapse in time for 19 seconds that he deemed to be from an EMP, um, and then the Superman's body was gone. Yeah, because he assumed that's why he gave the other Superman later on a mission to find who would have done, taken his real body, other people that want his genetics, but it was just the robot from his fortress. Right. Yeah. So cut to the robot. He's got Superman in some sort of like energy chamber. Almost like a Saiyan healing pod. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like healing, you know, he's healing him up and all that stuff like that. Meanwhile, fake Superman is protecting Metropolis, so he says. Yeah, and then he's like on the news cover with Lex, like, which never would be, so that's making Lois more suspicious. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, really. And he's, he's being he's being a dick to everybody. And he hasn't even showed up talking, like, because, like, Martha even said that Clark never came back, so, you know, like, if Superman was alive, that would mean Clark Kent's alive, too, and he would have gone and seen his mom. Like, you right. Know, there's no way he wouldn't have. Yeah, so Martha, even Martha's suspicious. She said he hasn't called or done anything, and it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So Toy Man is getting arrested and taken into jail. Superman's like, oh, let me borrow your... Uh... Well, the fake Superman realized, found out that uh, Toy Man actually killed one of the girls. Oh, that's right, that's right. A little right. girl died, and uh, this Superman is good in all intents and purposes, but he's like an anti-hero. Like, what, what, what you consider an anti-hero, is, right. that's what this fake Superman is. Right. So he arrives to the police station to, to get Toy Man... <sighs> He, he says something to the cops, like, I'm going to borrow your perpetrator for a minute, and flies him way up into the sky. And the cops are like, is that even allowed? Yeah, he just flies him way up into the sky, and he talks to him for a minute, and he's just like, he's like, I'm... I have rights. He's like, yeah, well, let's see how, how your rights are whenever I drop you from fucking... Who knows? Miles into the sky. Drops him, lands on a cop car. Dead. Yeah, fucked up. Blood everywhere. That seems brutal whenever that they was, showed up. And yeah, and there's his blood pouring. <laughs> And the cop car was fucked up, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that... That's crazy. So, let's see here. And, then, like, there's, like, this random scene where, like, he's saving a cat out of a tree. Oh, yeah, and he's being a douchebag. Yeah, and the old lady's like, thank you. And she, he goes, well, you know. He's, like, petting the cat. He goes, stupid things like this. Old old ladies letting their cats out of their doors. And he goes, oh, no, I could be doing other more important things. He goes, it's, it's the irresponsponness of these... Or whatever. And I'm just like... He's like, maybe Jesus. next time you should think about what I just said instead of leaving your screen door open. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was going to kill that cat for a second. I did too, and, <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, I'll think about that, I'll remember that. And, I mean, he's got a point, but... 
Yeah, but at the same time, it should be he, he didn't have to be do able that. to go and save a cat, no matter what he's doing, fast enough. But he didn't even have to do it. That's true. Like I don't know. <laughs> That's what the firemen are for. Yeah. Um. Now it goes back to the to the fortress, and that robot is like um because Superman had woken up and he has like longer hair now. Right. And uh, he is. Now so he's been, like what, a suspended. Days? Something I think so. But he's like suspended in this thing, and it's like a, he's saying that he's using solar solar boosters to heal him. Yeah. Like he's just like just blasting him full of solar energy. Like, right. Like a homemade sun, like a mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Yeah, so they're using the solar boosters to heal Superman. So the the fake Superman goes into like a salon, and he like sits down in front of a mirror, and he like does X-ray vision on his own head, and finds that there's a ball of lead inside the his brain. His brain, which we later find out is a bomb. Um, well, it was like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a bomb. It was just like a lead kind of a bomb, but it just had kryptonite inside of it. Right. So he uses the heat his heat vision to like. Destroy it. Not, yeah, I guess destroy it, but he took it out and then dropped it down the sink. Oh, tree. did he? Yeah. Gave himself a little bottomy. Yeah, it was weird. It was cool though. Like, could you imagine being yeah, able to do that? It was cool when he looked. He like looked in the mirror and then X-rayed himself through the mirror. Wow, like all the way mm. through the center of his. That's crazy. That's something I've never seen Superman do before. Yeah. So I just thought it was. It was I thought it was interesting. Well, he did that in one of those movies that to those antiheroes, that guy that had the psychic powers. He like. Gave him a little X-rayed into his brain to see where his power came from and then destroyed it. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. That's, uh, oh, I forget what movie that's from. I can't remember the name of it. But that's an awesome movie, too. That's the one where he lifts 100 quintillion, 250,000 quintillion, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, we also said, there was a scene where the cops tried to arrest Superman. But Superman, like, pretty much heat visions all their guns and they explode. Oh, yeah. He's like, you can't arrest me, and he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Superman for you. Fake soups. Mm-hmm. Um, so he shows up to stop Lex, probably for personal gain. Well, Lex is trying to. Lois shows up to see Lex. Where are we at? Right here. Right oh, after sure. the light bulb. You do that a lot. Uh, Lois shows up and she's like saying, "I just want to know what you know about Superman." She's acting very innocent. And right. She goes, "It's not for the record. I just got to know." And he goes, "Oh, you guys were romantically involved, huh?" And he tries putting the moves on Lois and they kiss, but then she injects him with something. Oh yeah, which is her conniving ass. <laughs> but fair uh, enough. Yeah, knocks him out, and they go and they discover a bunch of Superman clones. A bunch, like a lot. Like there was like there was like almost full full size body clones or baby clones. He was making an army of Supermen. Now, I believe I'm correct on this. I'm say I'm ninety percent. During the death of Superman, he was making these clones, and. At this point, Superman, the fake Superman, shows up and destroys them all. Yes. But I, there's super super boys in the show event later. Okay. Or in the in the comics at some point, but that I believe that's one that survived. Yeah, I'm like sure a, that it's wasn't a younger his clone only that got story. no. So like there was one that survived or something that was Superboy. It's supposed to be the power of Superman with the brain of Lex Luthor. Interesting. Which is crazy to think about. That is crazy to think about. He had both of their genes. You know, he put some of his own genes and Superman's genes, and he created this clone mixture. Right. Which made Superboy, but I wonder if they're gonna, if that. I wonder what that happens in this. I don't know, but <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, it destroys real soups. Yeah, real soups is uh, going to stop the clone who seemingly killed Lex, 
Lex tried to run into his room again. Like, <clears throat> like that Superman would just be stupid enough to walk into that room again. Like, right? How stupid! Like, I don't. I couldn't. So for being the smartest man on the planet, that was a stupid to assume that Superman would just. Oh, sure, I'll walk into this room that you just beat the piss out of me in. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, in, yeah, that, and it's just dumb. And then he like closes the door. Yep, he closes it, and then he eases like, I'm just gonna remove this room from this building. It's like a panic room type thing. Just yeah, like, and he just throws it up into the, or he, he takes it up into the sky and just throws it down into the city through buildings, destroying a couple buildings in the, in the process. Well, you gotta give to the engineers that room held true. Lex, Lex didn't die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, so the uh, the robot back at the Fortress of Solitude gives. Uh, Superman a kryptonite gun to even the playing field because, because Superman's only operating at 67%. Mm-hmm. So he's at about two-thirds of his actual strength of... But he's like, oh, it's going to have to do because like, I can't... What am I supposed to do? Wait? Like, yeah. The Superman is wreaking havoc. Like, um, Again, they bring the military to fight the Superman. And they're like scared. Like, how are we supposed to stop Superman? Like, right. They're like, we can't do it. There's nothing we can do. And then Superman starts destroying tanks and just destroying everything. People die. He killed people. That military, he killed them. Oh yeah, he fucked them up. So like like Lane said, first he had to fight Doomsday, then he has to fight himself. So it's like two of the most powerful people you've ever had to fight in the same movie. Like, right? What a crazy what a so you you die because of this one thing, and then you're resurrected only to have to fight you, <laughs> yeah. fight your own self. <laughs> I, I'm having a hard time remembering exactly how the fight ended, except for the I, I remember the I remember the uh, Doomsday or the. Uh, Pretty sure they did a heat vision, uh, energy resistant, like a. Yeah. They both shot at each other. They were fighting. They were fighting tough. The uh, canister of kryptonite got stuck onto him from. The yeah, oil. yeah. He was holding the the rock. He was gonna throw that, that oh, memo- that right. memorial onto Superman. And but uh, well, he missed with the the kryptonite gun to begin with. But Le- Lois went and got it. Right. And she shot him with it once, and then. It missed again and landed yeah, in that pile and that thing of oil. broke. And then the ant, the canister ended up getting stuck onto him, and yep. Superman shot it with his heat vision. And then that, yep. And then he got so weak, then the giant tombstone fell on top of him. So that was a that was that fight was also crazy. It's just imagine just two Supermen fighting each other. It was yeah, exactly it was, what you think it'd be. This was the black suit Superman, which we skipped that part. It's a solar suit. It's a solar suit. That black suit actually absorbs sunlight. Yeah. Now, now we did talk about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago in regards to the Justice League movie and what that suit is. So. Here's the hoping that the beginning of Justice League is this story, because that shit is nuts. Yeah. Could you imagine a Metropolis being, like... See, but Lex isn't really in a position to create a clone, because Lex is in jail in the movie. That's true. So I don't know if we're going to see a clone Superman. Yeah, and if, if the Ultimate Edition is any has any canonical value, then he's in Arkham. Yeah. Because that's what... Batman tells Lex at the, at the end of the Ultimate Edition, he's like, I've saved a spot for you in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, he'd fit in just good. Yeah, for damn straight. So then, like, you know, the fight ends, and then they, and then it just pretty much goes to a scene with Lois and Clark back in their house. Yep. And Clark is, uh, he cut his hair, yep. and he just looks like regular Superman again. Yep, and then she says something about, how do you spell the word resurrection? As she's writing a new story about... No, he goes, there's only one S in Resurrection. Like, she's writing something. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then... But I, at first, I was like, wait, rewind that. Because <laughs> I could have swore Superman walked up to her and said, uh, that's not the only erection. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, did he really just say that? That'd be crazy. He, well, he said some weird thing about the x-ray thing, so I was like, it's not too far out of it. Maybe yeah. he did say something about Superman erection. 
Be the beast, most beast erection ever. Well, like in Smallville, uh, Lana Lang always wanted to have sex with him, mm-hmm. but he he said he was scared to because to kill her or to hurt her. Mm-hmm. But like, they have like, but there's a scene, there's like a part in the show where Lana gets powers like that, and then they like fuck these shit out of each other. Like, I almost I can't remember 100, percent but I think the house like comes down. Or oh something. man. <laughs> it was like good. Edward and Bella. Yeah. Well, Edward and Bella didn't bang that hard. It was uh, um, Rosary, Rosalie, and uh, Emmett. They were saying they went through like seven houses during their oh, honeymoon. Their <laughs> Edward and Bella fucked shit up though. Yeah, their yeah. They they fucked that room up good. Well, that was before she was a vampire. That's true. That was just him. Yeah. So so yeah, and then this is the moment in the movie where. He says something like, "Oh, well, I did, I did come third place in the Smallville spelling bee, and this is the moment that it it is revealed to Lois that Clark Kent is Superman." Yep, and he is. He just looks again like Superman. Like, I didn't really know much about the after effects of the death, the return of Superman. I thought he was like black suit Superman forever. Now I'm like, that sucks. But apparently not. He cuts his hair, and I think that he doesn't need that black suit anymore. Yeah, he just uses it. The black suit just to so help now him get. He's regular Superman again. Just to help him get back up to normal power, and he puts his regular suit back on. But yeah, so this shit was badass. Like we recommend both read the book, watch the movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely worthwhile. So let's see. All right. Well, we have just a little bit of time. We're going to watch those two episodes of the Pokemon. Oh yeah, Pokemon Generations. We're gonna watch it live and just comment live as we're watching it. Yep. So we're gonna. Sorry, there might be some echo feedback. But uh, that's just the price we got to pay for watching it live and getting our commentary. And being able to hear what we're watching. Absolutely. All right. So Is the volume up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe not. Now it opens up just like a blue or red version would have. Gengar fighting Nidorino. I always thought that was an interesting uh, pit. Yeah. Why those two? <laughs> red version. Actually, it's red version he's playing. So it's, it's almost right off the Game Boy. Like, not even color. It's. Yeah. He's yeah. in the Viridian Forest. Yep, Viridian Forest, and he comes across a level three. Pikachu. Pikachu. Pretty sweet. And this guy chose Bulbasaur. <laughs> you always gotta catch the Pikachu in the Viridian Forest. You can't skip that. I can never fucking come across one. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it happens quick, and the, and that they just like transition into like this new a- animation. It's so cool. Kanto region, Viridian Forest. Catch the Pikachu, then release. Very unsubtle. <laughs> Pikachu just flops out of it. Yeah. And there's a Caterpie. This is first battle. And then you see a Zapdos. Johto region, Eucratique City. So this would be silver or gold version. Some whoopers. I'm pretty yep. sure that's what those are called. It's just Pikachu attacking them. It had no effect. I think they're also water ground. I think that's why. Yeah, that's why. And we see Lugia out of nowhere. And then it goes to Sapphire. What Pokemon is that? Slackoth. Slackoth, that's right. Pikachu is fighting it on a bridge. And we see Latios and Latios. It's like progressing through. It went blue, the original, gold and silver. Now they're at... Uh, I think it's still Sapphire. What's Maybe. that Pokemon's name? That one, Nosepass. Nosepass. 
Yeah, that's a uh, Regi Ice. That's a, one of the legendary uh, Reggie Rock, Reggie Steel, Reggie Ice. Right. Now we get into Diamond and Pearl, maybe? Unova region? I never played this game, so I'm not sure. It's progressing real quick. Oh, are these the unknowns? Ooh, the unknown dungeon. No, no, this is that firebug. Pretty sure this is a diamond and pearl. Iron tail. That was dope. This is pretty much showing Pikachu this whole time. Lightning tackle or electric ball, whatever that move is. Yeah, this is diamond and pearl because those are those things that run around. Kalos region. Or white. White, white version? That, see, it just said Terminus Cave. Ah, okay. Boom! I'm not sure what that Pokemon is. Four million five hundred and fifty-seven thousand six hundred and ninety-seven views. Well, like this first episode just seems like an intro. Yeah, more or less. This has to be from the one with the Pokemon the Super, the one you played. Not what's that? What was after White and White Two? Uh, X and Y. X and Y. That last part had to have been from that, because I didn't know it. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. So that was the first episode. That was interesting. It, a little intro. Yeah, it looked more like a trailer than this a... This next one's called The Chase. The animation's awesome. Absolutely. Pokemon Generations. The whereabouts of the Team Rocket boss Giovanni is... Uh... It starts off with these police talking about Giovanni. Actual audio, I mean, like dialogue in this episode. The game corner. Yep. They're talking about the Celadon City game corner, the Sylph Company. This must have been following ashes or red whatever you want to call him unfortunately even his men were not told what giovanni's next move would be after his failed attempt some team rocket interrogation but even if they knew they wouldn't share that with us willingly so he's not charismatic of a leader yeah he's pretty charismatic The Viridian Gym. That gym is awesome looking. Yeah. It's just like the games. And the army shows up to the gym. Listen to that music. Or SWAT. Or Lavender Town. Mm-hmm. Machamp. Arcanine. Looks like they're going to storm the gym. It's weird, you don't really see this aspect in the Pokemon, like the SWAT team. And they use him a champ and an arcane. Hell yeah, why wouldn't you? I, yeah, fuck yeah. Growlithe. He's an experienced Pokemon trainer. He's one of the best. He's the final fucking gym. Magnemite! Ha! 
Apparently Magnemite can overrun any security system because he's a magnet. That makes sense. Yes, sir. This is interesting. And the champ's just busting walls down. Like my gym. Flamethrower. Wow. That was badass. Fucking melted mel steel. Melted the wall, melted steel. So how are they going to get through it now? It's dripping magma. <laughs> What's the point? Right. So we got this guy in Growlithe. Probably some detective, or I don't know. And there's just the big gym battlefield. It looks just like it did from Pokemon Origins on Hulu. Yeah. Explosion. I wonder if this is the after effects of red fighting. Could be, yeah. During a follow up investigation, we were surprised to discover that Giovanni was the gym leader of the Meridian Gym. After he awarded badges to two trainers, he just disappeared. Yeah. Team Rocket bullshit. So he abandoned his gym again. Huh. Interesting. See, they never really put Team Rocket into the next games. Like, it was always Team Magma, and then there was... all. The, you know what I mean? Like, where the hell did Giovanni go? Like, he didn't stop. Right, yeah. I wonder. It's pretty weird, but it was that's cool. I think they're gonna do like one of these a week. That's all right. Little yeah. little things. Hopefully, they get a little bit more nostalgic. I, I'm hoping that like, not like the first episode. Do they just keep going right through the whole series? Like right. Did, but I don't know. Well, watching that first one made me want to play the blue version again. Yeah. Right. But I I guess that's all we got. We're running two hours and twenty minutes into this. This is the longest episode we've had since a long time. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's what happens when you have Monday prep and Tuesday podcast. That's right. That's very right. But all so, right, well, Liam next is catching up on Supergirl We're should not take that. me long. I I'm pretty beast at catching up on shit. Yep, we uh, are gonna add that to the repertoire here soon. We We're gonna have to prepared for the CW's four uh, show release. Oh yep. yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And then we'll have that. There's I'm watching Gotham right now, and Lane's got to catch up on that. We should be caught up pretty soon. I, I'm almost caught up to season three. I don't have very many episodes left. Now season next, three just started last night. Next week should be quite a bit shorter because all we're gonna have is Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Doesn't we should maybe we and should news and news and maybe Dragon Ball Super if anything really happened. This this week's episode wasn't that eventful. Too much that happened we'll to talk about. Both. Yeah. Plus Pokemon Generations if there's another one, and we'll do Superhero Mad Libs again because that oh, was fun as shit. I liked it. And yeah, that'll 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 conclude this episode of Nerd Talk Live. So thanks guys for listening. Any new listeners out there that we've been getting attention from on Twitter, thank you very much. Yeah, spread the word if you like us. Like, right. we're doing our best to bring you better quality, just, you know, just awesome shit. And as soon as Flash Arrow and that stuff, man, we're gonna it's gonna be insane. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll bring it up next week because we'll have a lot more time to talk about it. But we we have a couple ideas um, of how we're gonna operate the show in the future, and we're hoping we get some feedback from some people about it. But um, 
and possibly you know a show on YouTube and on, and all that stuff. So we're we're getting there. We'll just figure it all out. But thanks for listening, guys. Have a nice day. We at Nerdtalkalypse Podcast assume no claim in sounds, references, music, and graphics and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved, such as Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Sony, ComicBook.com, or any of their affiliates. Nerdtalkalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes. We can be found on social media at Facebook.com slash Nerdtalkalypse and on Twitter at Nerdtalkalypse. You can also email us, Nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com. We really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us at any of the following servers, iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Player FM, and TuneIn Radio. Or also on Facebook every Monday for a live viewing of the show. Please, if you enjoy the show, let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.